Yes, yes, my brother. <laughs> What's going on, bro? What's going on? This is look at uh, that beautiful, fresh face of yours. Hear that, people? <laughs> that's 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 the fresh, fresh twig of pre-puberty brown. <laughs> <laughs> so fresh and so clean. That's it, man. That's it. Feels like my face can finally breathe. This, this, this is this is like half impulse. Usually, remember the last time I shaved the whole thing. This time I was oh, like, yeah. okay, we're gonna go half hog and we're gonna play. They're gonna rock this for a while, man. Feels good. Let's Feels that, good. That solid jaw out. <clears throat> yeah, man. <laughs> Feels good. Amazing. Feels good. Yeah, man. Okay, so we're gonna get straight into it. We got we got yes. a special guest today. We got the first oh. first male male alpha male guest hanging out <laughs> yeah. in the, hanging out in the wings. Uh, so this is this is my mate. This is by my training partner, my long-term cool sound guy, TJ. So, uh, yeah, do you want to do, bring him in? Then we talk more about, about, about his stuff and his uh, accomplishments. Yeah, man, let's bring All in right. TJ. What is happening, TJ? Um, Hi, guys. <laughs> What's going on, man? To meet you through the medium of the internet, man. Yeah, lockdown's got us. Us doing things like this, brown, brown, pre-puberty, brown. They're really good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, where did you get pre-puberty brown from? Where did you get that? <laughs> exactly. That, that is that is from this fresh, fresh cheeks I've got here right now. That's the fresh, fresh face, pre-puberty brown man. He's uh, he's back to being eleven years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I swear. I don't know about you. I, I bet this is a thing for TJ as well, but. Is there pictures of you from in school where you have like this sideburn that like, runs all the way down to here? Do you have that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are pictures of me in school with like years ahead, years ahead, like facial hair that should just not be there. <laughs> <laughs> At 12 years old. Like, uh, and, then, and then you get your dad's razor and make it yeah. yeah, little do we know that you're actually only about 15 with that beard. Yeah, so, uh, yeah man. TJ, good to talk to you, man. We've uh, heard good stuff about you through through the medium of Umar. It says, it says a lot of good, good, good shit about you. And I Thanks. was like... Thanks, Umar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks imagine, for picking me up, bro. Imagine if I came on here and you was like, so we've heard real mixed things about you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, we heard you're a bit of a this and a bit of a that. And then I'm seeing Umar tomorrow at training. I'm like, bro, why did you say that? There's no need for that. But we're mates. Yeah. I thought we were friends, man. Come on. <laughs> Oh, I think, I think everyone's, just... heard, everyone's heard about TJ in, in, in like small snippets, like from Silviu to to Sam and Shad to Gorinda to Sunny to even even some of the girls in Jiu-Jitsu. I'm just like, yep, this this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy trading whatever. Um, so yeah, finally here, everyone gets to everyone gets to have your first uh, real introduction to TJ. Hello, yeah, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> how do you guys actually, how do you guys actually know each other? Um. Do you want me to go with this or do you want to go with it? Do it, do it. So we met at Pure Gym about, I don't know, about six, seven years ago. And right. uh, I was very unaware at Pure Gym as a personal trainer. And Umar came in very... <laughs> chest out. <laughs> and I'm like... Standing tall with his chest And I'm just like, hey, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and who does he think he is? <laughs> so... Um, I remember the very first time I saw him. Um, I don't know what I was doing. Probably wasn't very accurate, but I don't know what I don't know what I was doing. But anyway, I saw him in my training, and uh, <coughs> he was very tall, very broad in his vest, looked looked jacked. 
And I was like, shit, man, who's this dude? Like, he looks Jack. And I saw him train. And you know, you can instantly tell when someone has more awareness or knowledge or just they're just doing something a bit better than like they're more on it they're more about it than you are mm. so instantly i think i was i was kind of like drawn to that i was like mm. so i remember saw him walked you know with his usual optimal posture <laughs> <laughs> like this is how I everything, every, everything's fully aligned um, yeah. i'm there going to I'm going to push three plates quite simply and put it there nice and controlled. And I'm going to take a breath. Very, very Umar-esque, you know, just reg pure regulation. So then uh, I remember I was training with another dude that we used to work with. And I, I had like a, I mean, we hadn't really spoke too much and he was in the office. So I just went into the office and I asked him a question about, like, about Barbell Row. Um, and he, he could tell he looked at me like, what do you want? <laughs> what, like what do you want why why and bear in mind like I, I wasn't i've never been particularly jacked anyway but uh, he, obviously he's like i don't know we're both younger probably both a bit more not as aware and he's just looking at me like and i didn't really give a shit how he was looking at me i was just like what do you think to this movement bro what do you think what do you think because i can clearly tell whatever you're doing is working and yeah. um he was like yeah cool like try it like this very like dismissive and i was like all right then like that's how it is <laughs> <laughs> And then um, I was, again, very early stages in personal training. So I come in, I'll come in one morning, I think about 5 a.m. No, I come in at 6 a.m. My client was at 6 and probably didn't have no breakfast, rushed there, scurried there, got there right 10 to 6. And this is what really made me like, I saw a level. I had a look at a light bulb moment. It was at 6 a.m. And uh, I refer to this a lot with people and Umar. He was like reading a book at 10 to 6 in the morning and eating beef and nuts. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just like walking in, put, putting sleep in my eyes, just like looking like I literally just woke up. Yeah. And I saw him and I was like, crikey. Like, <laughs> Hello, mate. Nice to, see, nice to see you again. But I was wondering what kind of response I would get. Would I get, what are you doing here at this time of the day? This is my time of the day. Or <laughs> a warm response. And um, no, he was cool, man. He was just kind of dedicated. And I think that's what I respected that. And I instantly any thought processes i had i was just like wow like this is this is a level to want to get to i want to get to mm. and um yeah that that was my initial introduction and ever since then i think i just put him in level of dedication to his craft just put him i put him on a i put him on a step compared to most personal trainers i'd come across mm. i'd already worked in about i think pure gym was my fourth gym at that time so i'd worked in a few places mm. i'd worked alongside a few trainers but I hadn't come across this kind of dedication. Hmm. So, yeah, that's how I met. I think instantly there was a level up there. I was like, why are you doing this? Like, hmm. are you... Part of me was always, is this guy okay? Like, this is like, the more and more I got to speak to him, the more and more I saw, the more and more I got motivated, the more and more I wanted to get to know. And the more and more I was like, put all of my like, unawareness, lack of all unawareness, all ego aside and just speak to him and just be cool with him and find common ground quickly because I liked and respected what I saw. Mm. From there, I think there was just an, a genuine, <coughs> genuine conceding of everything and just let's be cool, let's be mates. Just kind of flowed naturally, to be honest with you. I, I ended up copying him, to be honest. You know, like some of the sessions, I was mm. like, cool, I can take that. I can take <laughs> that. I can take that. <laughs> and so, yeah, he had a big effect on my personal training without him even perhaps being aware of it. So thanks for that. Yeah. If I haven't said it before, say it now. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, cool. Umar, 
Uma, what's your version of that story? He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? That's such a great recollection. Um, it's really interesting to hear it from you. Obviously, we've, we've talked about this in the past. We talked about this at length, right? We, we, we TJ have had the probably probably the most with any other human in the world. The deepest, like, like step by step talks about where mm. we were at this point, where we were at that point. Really tried to like piece it together. Um, and that in that first meeting is an interesting story because yeah, like like he said, um, my version of the events was I just been sacked from 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 my first gym job in Leicester. So I come okay. to Leicester with my mum and my sister, um, started work <clears throat> and worked alongside a guy called John at the gym. And this there was basically two ends of town. Um, one end of town is where there where the high cross supermarket um, high cross um, shopping complex thing is where it's quite a busy end of town. And then down the other end of town, we've been working there for about two years, coming up coming up to two years, there was a pure gym opening. And um, we were just a bit like, oh, this is going to take a bit of our customers and whatever. And, and anyway, it just it happened and, and whatever. So our manager at the gym left and he went to a different the gym. And he was a pretty cool guy, pretty sound guy. Um, quite corporate as all of them are. And um, the new guy that came in was... A bit more of a hard nose right like he didn't he didn't he, he was super super corporate like the difference was the the guy before had the door always open and the guy second was the door was always closed like if you wanted right. to know you wanted to see him you had to knock on the door you had to wait patiently you had to just kind of be on his time right it, it was not about any kind of uh halfway house <clears> or whatever so we had a good setup at the gym this me and this guy called john and um effectively we had the we had our little gym in the gym Right, so we had our own squat racks, which which is one I still have now, which I'm currently training clients with. Um, we had our own barbells, our own plates, our own kettlebells, our own dumbbells, and we just basically did our own gym in their gym, which is which is a great way great way of it to run. And obviously, when this guy, when this new guy came in, he was like, "Oh well, this is not going to work." And John had been there for about six years at that point, and he looked at me like, "How long have you been here?" And I was like, "I've been here about a year and a bit." And uh, he was like, "Well, no, you can't do this anymore." So already, I'm just like, "What would you mean?" Like, I'm I'm. <clears throat> I'm working, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, I'm looking after the gym. And immediately, we immediately crashed, we clashed. Anyway, turns out like a month and a bit later, he picks up more and more problems with me and he's like, no, 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 you got to go. And they're all just yeah. bullshit problems. I won't, I won't kind of get into them now because we'll tell the TJ story, right? But uh, anyway, he pulls me into the office one day and he's like, yep, yeah, you can't, you got to take your business elsewhere. And just tells me like that straight up. I get super angry, super. And I, I don't ever get angry. I hardly ever get angry. And I remember walking up on him like I wanted to really just throw him through a wall and i was i was about 100 and close to 125 kilos at this point and this guy was about yeah. 67 kilos right mm. and it was like and you could tell he was just getting like <laughs> i'm just backing up real hard anyway yeah. I, I, I don't like getting angry right but but that made me really annoyed anyway so left left the gym came back home and i was like shit what do i do now i've got i've got to provide i've got to kind of be out of the house and whatever i need to move all my customers somewhere else so i start looking and looking everywhere and i remember going on the pure gym website and seeing tj's profile there i've never told him right. this and uh, yeah. just looking just looking through it and i saw anthony another guy that we know and um tj and i saw abs and the, the guy that tj is referring to he was training with abs when he asked me that question um and yeah i i was, okay i've got to put an application in went to pure gym um did the, did the interview and it was like, it was the shortest distance for my clients to move. So I was like, okay, mm. we're going to go there. And luckily a lot of them moved with me. Um, and I got there 
day one and my my reason for going to Pyogen was simple it was to get there and produce results that got me to go to the UP in London which was like mm. I can I can give them in my CV and say look here's my results I'm a good person trader please let me work for your company because because I need to earn my way I need to provide I went to whatever so I looked at every other PT at Pure Gym like get out of my way because I'm not here <laughs> for you I'm here for me, right? And that was that was the oh God's honest truth. I was like, I'm yeah. in I'm in a hot spot right now. I've got shit on top of my. I can't. I I, never, I didn't tell my mom or my sister that I had moved gyms because I was like, I can't tell right. them. I can't tell them that I've lost my job or I've got been, I've been yeah. sacked because they're like, what are you doing? Like, why why is this happening? It would have been, been one of those Asian family moments where like crisis, mm. right? So <laughs> I come home and I just I just chill at home for a few days and I just I, I kind of pass it off like yeah everything's fine everything's okay. Meanwhile I have no job, right? And um, anyway, get the job at Pure Gym. And I meet TJ day one. And the question he the question he asked me, I actually don't remember the question. He asked me, he goes, Is it better to do better bros like this or like this? Like is it overhand yeah. or underhand? Right. Mm. And um I think at the time I was like I was like mad on the whole underhand, like wide, like gets your lats more. And, and now studying with Jordan Shallows, he's actually backing that up. So he's saying that, yeah, when you when you when you kind of pronate the grip, you you set the shoulders in a way that allows you to line up the lat fibers and you're an external rotation, all mm. this stuff sets of shoulders so that was the first question he asked me and yeah like you said i was super dismissive i was just like sorry what was the question <laughs> yeah tell me again like i don't I, I would just like just i don't need to know you you don't need to know me but this isn't this i don't need to i don't need friends right now all i need is wow. clients and transformations i need to leave that's what i needed to do and mm. that that was that was my mindset that was genuine genuinely my mindset and um even though there was this honest kind of appeal from another human being to be like Wow, are you cool? Can we be cool? I was just like, yeah. blinkers on, leave me alone. And that, that's why when he, when he said the other story about me being there at six in the morning, that was because I knew I had to just step it up. I didn't have John there anymore. I didn't have anybody else there to to kind of be, because John instilled that in me. He's a guy who's, I'd say, if, if the last eight years, you could look at the last eight years and I'd say he's probably had 30 to 35 to 40 clients booked in for the last eight years consistently. Like, wow. The only time he doesn't have that booked in is when he's on holiday with his family and he's and he's taking a bit of time off for, for competition prep or whatever he's powerlifter, right? So he instilled in me that personal trainers are hardworking people, and this is such a such a duality from the rest of the industry, right? Where where we see PTs that get into the industry because they, it's quick money, and how many other jobs can you go and do than charge twenty pounds an hour on day one, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I'd seen, and then I saw him, and I was like, wow, I need to be that guy. And the way he was with me. I was almost I almost carried that around with me and was like, okay, I'm gonna be this way with other people. And I think that kind of permeated into I've never actually divulged to this or even thought about this, but it kind of permeated into the way that I was then with TJ, which was if you wanted to talk to John, you had to kind of be on a level with John. Like you had to kind of and that that that, that that's again, John was there for his own reasons. John was there because he has a kid, he has a family, he has things to provide for. And he and when he had to leave, he would just pick his shit up and he would go. Like he wasn't he wasn't there for anybody else. And I think that's kind of the way I, I started to carry myself. So when I met TJ, I was I was probably uh, not very approachable. I definitely mm. wasn't very approachable, and I was very very straight to the task. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And then we went, we just went from there. We just went from there. I remember. I remember. This is this is the time. This is the moment that I realized that I wanted to learn more or be in TJ's presence more. And it was uh, he told me that he was going for a grappling competition. And uh, at the time, I knew nothing about grappling, nothing about jiu-jitsu, 
zero awareness. The only thing I knew about wrestling was WWF, WWE, right? That was <laughs> yeah. it, right? And, uh, and grappling. Grappling is WWE. So yeah. <laughs> getting that clinch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, uh, yeah, nothing. Zero awareness, right? <clears throat> and um, he told me that he was going to go for a competition. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. That's, that's nice. Good luck. See you later. See you later. And he come back in on Monday. And he's like, yeah, I won. Yeah. And I was like, what? You won? And he was like, yeah, I won. And he was like, yeah, here's, here's the video. He showed me the video. And I was like, what the hell? This guy's, this guy's <laughs> not just a wrestler, but he's, he's, he's the gold medal willing wrestler. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Like, maybe I need to check myself. Like, this guy can teach me mm. a thing or two. So um, he, he goes for another competition, I think, a little while later. And I found out, I think he messaged me at that point. We would exchange numbers. And he messaged me that he had won that one as well. And I'd I was been, like, what? I'd been promoted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I'm on them, but clearly got promoted, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I heard, so he, I think he messaged me with like either him on the podium or the medal. I think, yeah, it was, that was it. It was a picture of the medal. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this guy's this guy's legit. So I remember going into Pure Gym. Pure Gym if anyone has ever worked in Pure Gym, the, the the office room where the where the trainers all sit is just miserable, right? And you, I went, I went in there, and I went on the lockers, and I played like da 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 da. da. The chirp is here, yeah. And it's so yeah. funny because you you cited that song didn't you when we said the the walkout yeah. music? Yeah, exactly. We were all with we were all with, uh, we were all with Jude, so I played I played that. We were just I think from then it was like we were kind of cool. We were just cool. Like I yeah. I had I had the ego that I had was receding slowly. And mm. uh, the the respect and the uh, the acknowledgement of TJ was like, okay, this guy's cool. This guy's legit. I need to, I need to follow him around more. Got promoted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got promoted well, to being well, followed. Anybody ever wants to get a promotion, just go and compete in something. You'll get promoted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go up in the estimations. Yeah. That was it, man. I, I think it was because like I had never done anything like that. I'd never I'd never experienced somebody who's like that willing to just step in. I'd always been that in my own way. Like I was always the person who I thought I could, I can go and do that. I can, do it. but I never seen someone actually do it. And he was mm-hmm. the person who just did it. Who was just like, yeah. And that 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 permeates through him as a person, somebody who just kind of is on the front line. Like, what? I'll do it. Yeah, pick it me, mm-hmm. pick me. That's that that that, that really. Um, once I took my attention away from just myself and realized that he is that kind of way, made me feel like, yeah, this is the person I need more around me. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's interesting he speaks. So you know, like when I was grappling in them days, I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> I remember there was a couple of times when whoever was cornering, I was like pass, 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 and I swear I was so unaware. I was like, "What do you want about like?" I like this was a final. <laughs> What's he on about pass? Literally, I was like, I'd probably competed at that point more than I trained, like an idiot. And yeah. but it also gave me a huge advantage. I feel like as I continued mm-hmm. to compete and a good insight of of the day of what happens with competing and things like that but i remember mm. the early competitions um that we was referring to uh some of some of them i just went by myself I, I literally just wanted to see just feel good about like i don't know it just made me feel good so i went but i knew knew very little man it was, if i showed you the video you'd be like where what how did this guy even get there like, what the- <laughs> yeah. i didn't even find the competition <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what made our bridge initially. Yeah, you know, yeah, sick. Strength to strength. And I remember once I'd spent and spoke more with Umar, he came onto the UP process. And I already must have had about 
well, about 20 jobs by that point. So when mm. I was seeing his application and he was saying, I want to go to UP, I think I was more confident than him that he's going to get a job at UP. Like I was right. like, he's like, do you reckon I should do this? Do you reckon I should do that? And I was like, you're going to go there and you're going to set a bar. You're going to go mm. there and you're going to set a standard because there ain't no other Tom Dick and Harry eating beef and nuts at 6 a.m., mate. I can tell you that now. And he'd been there. <laughs> he's eating it at 6 a.m., but he's been, he'd been there since 5 a.m. So like, yeah. When I saw that, and then like he was sure, like putting a lot of, uh, understandably, he was putting a lot of like emphasis and like a lot of, this was a big deal for him, like a big deal. Mm. And like, and understandably, and I was just thinking to myself, like, why, well, man? Like, you're going to go there and you're going to show these people what time it is. And I didn't even know, I didn't ever heard of UP. But I saw, I, I, I saw what I, I knew what I saw in Umar, and I was like, he's gonna go there, and it's the same impression he had here, like chest out maybe, just be him. He might have that there, but once he gets his feet in and he's comfortable, he's going to show them a, a standard that perhaps they're not familiar with. And mm. told you that would happen, eh? <laughs> 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 yeah, you called we, it. You called it. And that's how we, every time we talk on the phone, he'd be like, oh, um, "I'm there." At, we started. We started. I'd left Pure Gym. He'd gone to UP. I'd gone to another gym. And um, Umar was always the early bird, and he's always. It's almost like I was the early bird, but I probably wasn't a regulated early bird. I probably wasn't mm. a, a productive early bird, whereas he was. Mm. So I slowly like would see his Instagram story at five a.m., four a.m. So I was like, "Okay, if he's doing that, I'm going to do that." So then, like, I just used to like. I used to work, I'd get the keys for that gym. I'd go in at half nice. four, flick the lights on, and then I'd put it on my Instagram story. I'd be like, yeah, where you at, Uma? Where you at, mate? <laughs> Giving it to the team, mate. You went, you went in the gym now, are you, mate? So like, <laughs> um, you guys yeah. making those Jocko Willink posts as, like, you know, get after it before Jocko Willink's making those posts. <laughs> Tell me about it. A perfect example of align yourself with people that make you level up, make you do better. Mm. And I think he's a perfect example of that across many many rounds and um i think when i when we spoke distantly with him being at up you could see the level of personnel or trainers he was working alongside and then the conversation i was having you could mm. see a big difference like this was high performance like this was go get it this was be optimal be productive be your best do your best i'm not saying i wasn't that but it wasn't as good as that does that make sense mm. So yeah. I think if you have a conversation once a week with somebody like that, maybe once a month or once every two weeks, you're carrying that kind of standard. And I think that really helped me in the gym that I was working at at the time, even though I wasn't working alongside him. Are you with me? Like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, well, if Umar does this, I'm going to do this. Because mm. I felt like no one else was doing that. I felt mm. like a, a level up. I felt like more, just more, just better. And long and behold, I remember like, I think we almost made a bet. Do we make a bet who could do the most? Mm. That happen. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was that do the most what? Most. <laughs> He's smiling because he won the bet. <laughs> this guy, I know this man. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was who could make the most money, or it was, yeah, it was along that, wasn't it? It was who could the most, make the most money in a year doing PT at either either UP or or the gym that he was at. Right. And uh, like I said, he won. But it was the worst thing about it was. Like, Damn, you won, even making Leicester money. <laughs> <laughs> but it was close. It was close. And then right. I, I remember Uma used to come back from time to time. And I was fortunate that he'd come back and be like, right, should we go to gym? So, like, I would effectively get a UP. Because UP, if UP was a standard to adhere to or get to or want to be to, 
I was getting one of their most productive trainers training with me or training mm -hmm. me at times. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm getting this. I'm taking this. I'm going to squeeze this sponge for everything that I can get out of it. He's my friend. I appreciate it. And then I just, I feel that in PT, like I was doing some freaky numbers, man. Like, and I, you know when PT say I'm fully booked? And I'm like, mm -hmm. cool, man. Um, I'd, been, I'd, I'd been fortunate to be fully booked throughout most of my personal training. And um, I was learning so quickly from what well, the things that I was, I was trying to get as much as I can in our sessions. And I learned it on Monday. Sorry, learn it on Monday and apply it on Tuesday. Mm. And I think it helped me sustain a successful business. It helped me have some form of quality control of the work that I was delivering. And I think that showcased because when PT say, oh, I'm fully booked and they do 20 sessions, then it's cool. They can do whatever they want. And I was just, I think I'd lost myself a little bit and I was just trying to do more, 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 more. And I'd ended up doing like 60 or 70 sessions a week Damn. consistently for about, I think maybe about nine months. Wow. So then like, I remember like, how many sessions are you done this week, Uma? Okay, I've done this much. How many have you done? Okay, I've done this much. And yeah. then, um, yeah, man, again, it's just another example of aligning yourself with people that you're aware that make you level up. Mm. and just reciprocating the energy and just yeah. being like grateful for that and then appreciating that and then as time went on i think he went on to i remember we talk about up and i'm pretty sure like he'd achieved some month what, what did you achieve every month what was it yeah it was a couple it was like six six seven months in a row it was like best pt at up or voted like pt pt of the month that kind of thing and it's it's, mm. it's not like a like a like a massively prestigious but but your other peers vote for you right and it was something that i was like really proud of really proud yeah. of and, they, and you should be man because they make a lot of noise they, they're like again a standard to get to be to they're very results driven and if you're being like if you're <laughs> top of the cream there then there's a reason for that so I feel yeah. like I'm probably getting a watered down version <laughs> through WhatsApp through phone calls through him coming down to work with me and train with me at the gym that I was working at and then it was having a knock-on effect to my workload and my client base was getting bigger and bigger so I think it's again a perfect example of being aware of what you have access to and then just making the most of it and then making everything like appreciate it, gratitude and stuff like that Are you with me yeah yeah 100% man and um I, yeah Uma, what would you say you got in return with that relationship then? Because obviously you ain't just going to uh, hang around with you, dude milking it with you. You got, a level of, you got a level of awareness from one unregulated human. <laughs> <laughs> unregulated human. Oh, I like that. Do you, know, do you know what it was? It was like, um, I can say, uh, it's really interesting, man. So many dynamics to this. But what I got was exposure to a different way of living like a different way of, of a human being having arrived at 20 something years old, mid 20 years old. And just, I, I didn't know anything at the time. I, I didn't know anything of TJ's life at the time and privileged to now. Um, but I just, I didn't, cause I, cause I was so absorbed in my own self. I didn't realize that other people could have got to where they are right now through different means or different ways. And that's what he fully exposed me to. And up until then I was just, I just hadn't had any kind of reps with this kind of person. And it was it was just a weird thing. It was just a totally, totally different thing. And because of the the tie to grappling, and I remember this, this was this was cool because the club that we that TJ was training at when I met him, um I went one day by myself because he cause he told me to go and go and take some private lessons from from the instructor and then go and apply it in the actual sessions. So I did that. Um, 
followed his advice on that. And then, then uh, I was leaving one day and Dan Hardy was walking up the stairs. And I knew we'd watched we'd watched UFC a few times. This this is when Dan Hardy had just kind of stopped. I think he he found out about his his condition and he just kind of stopped. And I was like, oh shit, this is like, this is levels. This is like big athletic, like world level people. And this is my my into that. Not only my into to somebody like TJ, but my into that was also through what he had opened the door to. And that was just that was just a, a big insight. I was like, wow, okay, I need to I need to take this more seriously i need to take this more seriously i need to kind of um see where i'm at see where i am at and then push on and obviously going to up that was that was a goal for for myself i want to progress in, in terms of personal training but then tj always represented this like athletic performance and he'd always said to me like you can you can be athletic you can kind of do these things and i, I always believed i could um being a kid kind of growing up i mean we can get into that a little bit a little bit later but you always feel like you have that athleticism in you that have you have that go in you right i don't know about yourself grin but like wrestling with your dad or wrestling with like your your brother i'm sure you did with sam um it gives you that kind of i want to do this i want to kind of be physical and then i see this person kind of doing that and being that and winning at that and and then mixing and touching elbows with people that are at a global recognized level with that i'm like wow this is really impressive um and yeah and then at the end of the day it was it was a friend it was a friend and then it developed into more and then it developed into kind of, yeah, just, just being very, very close with somebody who you can have a working relationship with, you can have a friend relationship with and you, you got to obviously wear different hats every time you do, every time you have a different chat or whatever. And um, yeah, it's support as well. Support, guidance in his own way. Something, something I've not had. Something I've not had. I mean, like kind of, you you, you say this, like kind of, I see like kind of uh, through, through my own growing up, never had a brother, always had a dad, always had a kind of like a, a, a disciplinarian like a somebody to aim for and he was he was always like superman right he was always that guy but then you can't you can't always get there especially when you're a kid but you you aim high right you aim high and you want to do that and uh that's that was uh why what i, what I kind of lacked was like a, that brother kind of role that somebody just kind of just kind of be there on level with right and i think that's what he, he initially provided and that's what got on to kind of the relationships got stronger and stronger and stronger and this is this is where we are today doing a doing a podcast together yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it almost sounds like it was uh, it was on the brink if like TJ didn't kind of pers persist a little bit because you were so in your own zone and then TJ was really keen to pick stuff up from you. It's almost like uh, if if you didn't respond to that or if TJ thought now this guy's a dick, screw it. It's like this might not have happened. It's a really good way of looking at it, Grinda. Yeah. Not, yeah, I've not thought about that. I mean, I mean, for me, it was always like if somebody was about it, in, in, mm. in very in really now I can say if you're about it in many different realms if you're a videographer but you're trying to be the best videographer if you if you're if you're a fucking race car driver and you're trying to be the best race car driver I'll always be like oh shit what are you what are you doing like can I can I can I hear about it but back then there was only a few things that were like triggers to me and I think mm. as TJ even though he was he was coming forth with like willingness and like let's talk and whatever. Uh, like I said, I wasn't there for that at that time. But mm. because he was willing and he was doing in the other realm you know, of grappling, mm. you know, of like of of, of, of jits, of, of whatever, that was me recognizing and being like, okay, I need to take this person more seriously because that's something that I'm not doing right now. Can I mm. go and learn from him? You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like you you see in your what's that thing like? Kind of if you if you if you have a mentor or if you have somebody do the things that you're interested in well, common ground right common ground if you have common ground with somebody you're like okay now, now now we can now we can kind of 
um, progress, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because yeah. yeah, uh, like I've, I've been in a similar scenario to you where um, like you've you've lost your job basically and you've got the blinkers on because you just want to make sure that you get yourself set. And I noticed when I came out of that phase about six months later, I was like, shit, I was actually quite a different person to the people around me. And I'm so glad that the the people I was around didn't kind of just drop me as a as a result of that, and um, and so so I kind of like I, 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 I like I resonate the position that you were in, and and I'm appreciative of TJ just like uh, just like kind of just not worrying about that too much and just kind of like you know you seeing what he's got to offer and also but him being like oh this guy's got something to offer even though he's not like totally responding to me right now we mm. can work this out over time with with regards. I think it was just. I think you can you can never dis you can you can only respect someone or something that is better than you at that moment in time at that specific yeah. thing. Are you with me? So I think yeah. even if even if I thought he was whatever he could have been in my head, the most unregulated word possible, <laughs> um, <laughs> I still had to be true to myself. I would still have to respect the effort, the dedication, the willing, the want, the application, the process, the look the process bit. And I think once you are real with yourself and see that, uh, it's weird because I used to take things quite personally, but I think his dismissiveness didn't take that too personally. Nice. <laughs> and then we ended up, yeah, like I said, yeah, in a better place. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And like, was that, and at that time, were you, did you just start grappling around then? Or had you been doing it for it? Um, it's an interesting one. Like me and my brother used to grapple as kids uh, in unusual situations. Um, to basically just, we really was quite poor. And just to, our electric would go and to stay warm for most of the week, we'd just, we'd just grapple. Like we would be very unorthodox, just very like, I'm going to just wrestle you until we're tired. Until, and it'd be like for about two hours. And then it'd be mm. like hard concrete, it'd be hollow walls, and like the walls would be dented or whatever. And it was just too unaware and regulated <laughs> to Brian. Yeah. We just kind of like, this is what we saw. We put a bit of WWE with it. We put a little bit of jits with it, what we saw on TV. And then we just, thought, just put it together and see what happens. And um, I think my brother took it a bit more seriously because I was into football more so at that point. And he went to a good school locally for a bit and he competed early and he did really well, man. Uh, really, really well. He, as I, as I grew to realize, it was, I think, the foundation you can be physically as good as you want but i think if the mindset doesn't follow with the physicality of things then you're probably 20 percent there which is pointless and i think yeah, as, as good as we both were as young kids physically um our environments and years up to that those points was very unusual for the best way to put it and he didn't perhaps do as well as he could have just because he didn't have it much so he had it here hmm. when it gets hard not so much up here does that make sense but you only realize that when you look back like a yeah. couple of years down the line um so yeah, i got into it like that and then it was just on and off for me like didn't really have any awareness of like tech technique positions nothing like that and then i think i on and off came to a place in leicester i'd go for like about a week have a month off go for a week still go gym and then i was just in a I remember my first comp, I, it was like an interclub, like an entry-level level, or the local club, get a few of the local clubs and just test your skills, see what you've learned. And even at that point, I think I was not even like, even at entry-level of knowledge. 
but I was more so past entry level of just instinct <laughs> and like <laughs> and like just I'm gonna I enjoy this. I mm. should have I should be a better learner. I feel lucky. I should have been a better learner looking back, um, receiving the knowledge that I was receiving in a more concise, clear, applicable way the next day. But I wasn't doing that. And when I did go to compete, I remember um, I'd smoked some weed, went KFC. I was, I, was, I think I was sleeping in my car around here at that time, and I was just in a shit place, in a really bad place. And I just went to train, and uh, I just my usual, just do it self. And one of the guys was like, "Why don't you compete in this Inter club?" And I was like, "When is it?" And he was like, "Tomorrow." Zero gas tank, zero cardio, zero anything, just mm. me. And I remember watching it, and I was like. I think I got like a got like a silver. It was just a nice reward for a small thing, for a small competition. And I was just really chuffed with it. And I was just like, "Where am I? Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, even when they were telling me what to do, I still like they were saying like um, fake or bait or like single leg or single leg. And I was like, "What do you mean single leg? Stand on one leg? You want about standing on one leg, mate? You telling me single leg?" <laughs> but like, I was just kind of quite instinctual with it. And yeah, just went from there. I felt good about the the reward of it. I enjoyed it. It was a bit of a focus point. And then I think mm. I just went on like a, a bit of a, a rampage with competing in my first or second year where I'd go train and then I'd go compete. And sometimes I'd just like literally book it like a week and a half before and just go and have a good time, enjoy it. Probably, you know what I think it was? It was just reminding me of childhood memories that were making, that I enjoyed. Yeah. And then it kind of putting it to a different situation where you can test yourself a little bit, you can compete and learn something, meet new people give you a bit of focus, all these things that came with it. And I was just going on like literally month to month. We almost every two, so at one point, I think two weeks and another two weeks and then four weeks and another four weeks I was competing. And I'd learned a lot about that process. I still weren't quite sure what passing guard was. <laughs> um, and then I remember I was getting like, again, there was like novice level competitions. So if you was a good athlete, you would have, if you were stronger than people and faster than people, you would have probably done well. And mm. that's what happened. And then it was just a good learning curve. And I think as the levels went up, it got harder. Mm. And got more exposed. So then the need and the want to learn became more evident. Mm. And then I became, I messed up a little bit, I think. I became too far that way. Like, I have to do this. Perfect. Right. And then almost ended up, what's that saying? Paralysis by analysis. Yeah, yeah. I ended up being that dude, and I hate being that dude. I was like, "What the hell, man? Like, you went there knowing zero, and now you know a little bit more, and you're thinking about it. It's never going to happen to an absolute T." And um, even that was a learning curve because I think going to these places for say sixty percent, I went by myself to compete. It was just good. It was fun, and if I made a friend in the process, then happy days. I could have been worse. Mm. So yeah, man. And now I'm going to compete again when the lockdown's finished, get back to training, get some mat time, and go and have some fun, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's mad, man. That's, that's interesting. Is, uh, is it so something that just kept you grounded? Yeah, it gave me a focus. Um, it gave me, like, just something to work towards. And like mm. I said, like, I think I was perhaps subconsciously, when I saw what Uma was doing or what Uma was about, I think the reason why I was going that way at Pure Gym was I think there was maybe an unaware or subconscious like this is a this is a, a good person or a good thing or a good 
level to aspire to or he's just doing his job better than me so maybe if i align myself with that i can be there are you with me and mm. applying that back to um grappling and this is a good thing to do this is a yeah. productive thing to do this is a goal setting thing to do and then when i do these things um sometimes you win sometimes sometimes you lose um mm. sometimes you win sometimes you learn that's what they say don't they <laughs> so um yeah, man, it was it was good, and I looked to do more of it. And in the time that we spent training partner, he's come with his own uh, take your head off game that he learnt with, um, <laughs> with Sylvia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't aware of that. I didn't I didn't have too many reps in that, and uh, so we just share the things that we've learned, and then common ground, and just started training, and then just went from strength to strength in that in that way. Yeah, wicked, man. What what level are you at now? Um, I'm currently competing Nogi Advance, which would be like brown belt, black belt, Nogi. But in the gear, I've hardly done zero. Yeah. Um, but again, I think more so, I should, I'd like to be more about the process, hmm. uh, respecting the whole being of it, everything yeah, that yeah. is happening. And then when the time's right to compete, yeah, man, go have a good time. It is what it is. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got some some questions for you especially as an advanced belt in the in the nogi but actually i want to they gave me something to think about there because i've been reading a bit about like uh grit and mindset i'm reading those two books at the moment right and uh and they just go hand in hand quite nicely so you talked about how like your brother had the physical capabilities but like mindset wise he wasn't quite there like whereas with yourself you've you took it to the extent where if we, the more exposed you got, the more you wanted to learn. So you had that growth mindset attached to it as well. Where do you, where do you think that came from versus um, like, cause it's like, you know, you're talking about yourself and your bro and you've gone down that track of having more of a growth mindset. And uh, whereas your brother struggled with that. So it's quite interesting to know how like you might have where you, where you changed track or if you were just different from the beginning. I would say that, Again, my family experiences and my brothers were both unusual. So when I stepped away from the immediate circle, mm. it was probably the best thing that I did, I feel. And as a result, I was able not to be a repeat of history mm. from my parents to then me and my brother. Are you with me? So mm. I think because I left when I was 14 or 15. I got kicked out when I was 10 and 14, 15, something, like that. something similar happened again. But I'd left all my family when I was about 19 and mm. just my own way, made my own mistakes, learned from them. And then within that, you develop your own good points and bad points. And I, I think that was, that was it. That was the difference. I just stepped away from those, without even being aware, I didn't do it on purpose. I just stepped away and then did, I wasn't associated with those behaviors, with those manners with those that kind of person sounds quite harsh what i'm saying about them <laughs> but um yeah i just wasn't a part of it and because i wasn't a part of it i could learn my own way i think that's what mm. con contributed towards just doing it um, but as i've got older i think i've thought about it in some cases a bit too much and not done it enough mm. that makes sense because i'm yeah. now aware of that it's gonna be go time soon and then be good again yeah yeah cool that's uh, yeah that sounds pretty nuts <laughs> it's like i got like no footing in that whatsoever. Like, are you like you cool talking about that kind of thing? Yeah, man, I'm cool. Yeah, we can we can skim on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. It's like, um, 
So it's like, okay, so from like the age of 10, you were pretty much on your own, is that what you said? With... Um, mother, yeah, mother was like, go stay with your dad because I'd been misbehaving. Dad was more of a mate, um, mm. more of a mate. And then the training side of things just kick-started when we was like, I think EastEnders used to come in at 7.30 on a Tuesday. And then mm. like, boom, 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 boom. As the music would start, yeah. the, electric, the electric would go. So what should we do now then? Okay, let's see who can do a thousand press-ups first. Let's see who can do 500 pull-ups first. Let's see who can do, let's just bicep curl the shit out of this bar until your arms are just like, can't do anything. And then by the time it was like 15, 16, like you're just physically strong. Um, mm. Probably could have been a bit better there. But yeah, that, that just comes with being a product of your environment. And that's how it went down, to be honest. And then from there, left when I was about 54. My dad didn't pay the bills, so we had to leave. <laughs> and um, again, that as an experience within itself, that molded and shaped that I don't want to be that. So then mm. stepping, stepping away from that was even more of a right thing to do looking back now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's how it went down to a certain extent. Yeah, man, that's, that's incredible because it's so easy to, it's like what you said, man, it's just so easy to just relive those patterns because that's all you know. And, yeah, you uh, get, comfortable, get comfortable with being... You get comfortable in being like toxic almost. So you're being yeah. comfortable in being not very regulated. And then when you don't know or see no different or better, it makes sense why probably some people in my family are the way or did the things that they did. Does that make sense? Yeah. But again, it's just everyone's past different. I see. I see it as. It's like, um, is that, is, how, did you, how did you kind of like know as well that you wanted to step away from that? No, I didn't. I had no choice, to be honest. I was just kind of told, be on your way, mate. Um, mm. And I think I resented it for a while. And as I got older, I'm glad the cards were dealt the way that were dealt. Um, right. And then yeah. just got better at playing the cards that you were dealt with. But again, mm. yeah, different, it's different situations. Eh? Like, I think perspective on the matter is a massive thing. And mm. having a clear outlook as to what is this showing me? Why is this showing me this? Cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Let me let me just step over this barrier and keep it moving. And I think I'm generalizing it a lot and simplifying it, mm. which I think is the right thing to do because not time and place to go into it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think knowing what I know now. Obviously, people have said, "I wish I knew then what I know now." Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I just feel I'm glad, like appreciating that those cards were dealt, and it is what it is. Okay, crumbled yeah. that way yeah man i just yeah um like personally i just find like i find it's amazing that you're able to look at things that way is um and just have that it's like uh, just have the wherewithal to be like what is this teaching me as opposed to being resentful and staying resentful rather as you described yeah some like, i think people appreciating the people that show you a different way mm -hmm. uh, pre-puberty brand did his way and certain, he had that impact uh, yeah. to an extent and I just think the more and more you seek the unknown you begin to know and yeah. that's what happened to be honest with you and then I think when I that's what made me to, I think I put in my bio like I've had like 30 jobs or something yeah it was just a case of just gonna make, make them pay your own way from a young age and then Again, that gives. That's why when I saw Umar like a bit perhaps nervous about UP, 
but I could see the person that was in front of me and I could see the application in front of me because I'm about 22 or something or 23, but I was 100% sure that this chap's going to get, get that job. And then when he gets there, he's going to be uh, amongst the top tier. And then that's what happens. And I think, again, you don't get that insight unless your data card that at the time seems uncool. But then all of a sudden looking back, oh, that was a cool card. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, incredible, man. Incredible. So really, it's really like, uh, it's, it's just a lesson in itself, right? That if, if, if say, you, you were to go forward and stop looking at things that way, you know that you're going to end up where you don't want to be. Right. Whereas you've applied, you applied a different method. And I think that's the most, that's the most impressive thing is that you've, it's like, it's like the same nature versus nurture, right? It's like, you know, you've got two, two things, two people who've been through a similar experience, but then one chooses to go one way. The other one chooses to stay on the same kind of path. And it's, it's so impressive. Like I just feel like why and how someone can come to this conclusion and somebody else in this very same experience can come to another conclusion and and, and then they follow it and then they, and it makes them who they are right um yeah super impressive thanks guys appreciate that yeah. and super necessary yeah. too get it in. we'll get it in this week <laughs> super necessary it's like we missed it last week man we got to get it back we got to get it back <laughs> yeah, tj likes that phrase as well super yeah. Yeah. I, oh man is uh, there's lots about it because like you said like in unregulated environment and somehow what I, yeah, because what I find impressive is like you just finding that way to regulate yourself when everything around you was kind of unregulated. I think, you I know, find- I'm going to be honest, I wasn't always, like as a kid, I wasn't always that way inclined. I think it's mm. easy for me to be like that now because, and say that now because I'm a little bit older. Mm. Uh, I did like be that product of that being of something that's a product of their environment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think looking back now, it only just gives you more, more perspective and more knowledge and more kind of awareness to like the same the same people that dealt those cards. Mm. I'm now helping those people. So mm. it's mad that, like my parents, they're like effect, especially my mom, she's now like a she's a client of Umar's. So I got her P thing with Umar and it's like nice. it's mad how we've gone full circle. Because yeah. like I could see that rather than resenting anything associated with the history of my, my history like mm. why did that happen that way and then you look into oh, i start when you mean you must speak about well, i spoke about this so look into like how grandparents had come from another country and they'd probably have this very traditional caveman's life and then yeah. put the put these children on this side of the world where it's different but mm. they're trying to keep their old school morals and values which is fine mm. and then they're expecting their kids to live in this side be that side and be normal or be cool and i think it's almost like a combination of variables that are un unpredictable when you put them together so i think yeah. as we'd gone full circle and i'd gone older i was like this one she, these people would benefit from help and yeah but it's mad how tables have turned and now she's got mr mr mal as helping her she's not even yeah. aware worst thing about it <laughs> and I'm, she's just like i can see now that she don't like it's mad because she's obviously she's 20 25 years older than me 20 years older than me and um we're talking about so how's your session going and that and she's taking a lot from them mm. but i can see that she's slowly but surely getting there slowly yeah yeah that's yeah. nice right? it's mm. it's interesting i see it 
I don't know. This is this is just an unrelated tangent, but um, the similarities because because I think I said this to you like like I don't know if you, you probably see this. If my dad was sat here right now or my mom was sat here right now, you'd see the the things that I copied them with or the things that I've got vice versa. Some, sometimes sometimes it's my mom will copy me with something. You know what I mean? It doesn't always go like top down. Um, sometimes they can learn from us as well. And I see that there's the the willing, the wantingness to learn. I've had no experience with TJ's dad, but with his mom for sure. Um, for the last what three weeks, we've just been kind of slowly breaking the ice and getting into it. Um, the wantingness to learn about health and fitness is deep. Is like I've read this, I've read this, and I've read this, and then is this good or is that good or is it was and that though those two common factors are there, like plain as day with both of them. And I think that's yeah. that's another side of things, which is is. Like regardless of, of the life, regardless of the experiences or whatever, <clears throat> just as, as a standalone thing, um, yeah, it, it, I think it, uh, that just means that you, that person, be it TJ's mum or be it TJ, is always going to be in a position to help somebody else because they've had the they had the inclination to ask the question in the first place, and that's the valuable person to have around. Somebody who's like willing, you have it. What, what, what's that? What's that quote that you have on your on your uh, WhatsApp grid? Oh, um, if you oh, if you're if you're afraid to be a fool, then you never become a master. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And most people would see like me conceding or me kind of asking a question is like, Oh, I know less than you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you that I know less than you. In fact, it's the other way around, right? It's like the person who will kind of walk around with their head on, head on the top. It's like, you're trying to play a game. You're trying to fool me to thinking that you're something special. Whereas if you're mm -hmm. somebody, if you're somebody straight in who immediately puts puts yourself here and says well, well i'm just here like i'm, I'm it doesn't mean that i'm lower or whatever i'm just this is this is where i am i'd like to ask a question immediately you like set the stage and that stage is do you have any knowledge for me because i'd like some that's as simple as that is right and with that knowledge then they can go away and help somebody else like tj said earlier he's like i'll learn on monday and apply on tuesday and that's the yeah. kind of person that like obviously we're, we're we work closely and, and whatever that seven days but a different version <laughs> say again Craig David, seven days, but a very different version. <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely write that song. That's hey, one day I learn about breathing. Tuesday, yeah. I learn, Tuesday I learn about mobility. Wednesday, yeah. I learn about mobility. Thursday, I learn about, I don't know, strength. Uh, strength. strength. Friday, I learn, Friday, I learn about digestion. Saturday was a rest, Saturday was a rest day. Yeah. <laughs> and Sunday, you number you took her out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that, that's that's. I think yeah. that's a common ground between both of them, and I think that's that's training T with TJ's mom now. You can see that she has that willingness as well. So I think that's that's definitely where where uh, where it comes from for sure, man. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's yeah, there's there's always there's always traces. You can see the mm. traces for sure, for sure. Yeah, even, even, sorry, my, even with like, I've met Umar's mom, and then like, I think like after one day, I was like, you're, you don't be giving it sports, mate. You just, you, you're, you're as good as you are because of your mom. I can see it. Like, <laughs> it's because of your mom. Does that make sense? And like, yeah. you can almost see like the awareness, the focus, all these wanting to have attributes people would want to have. And you can see the root of it. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, I didn't get that, but I can see that. And then I can mm. see how this guy's like that. <clears throat> Even with like his mom, like when I go around to his house, we end up talking quite a lot. And mm. like the conversation ends up being a lot more in depth than I would ever anticipate me talking with any one of my friend's moms. 
<laughs> so funny. You started talking about her, and she just started. She started walking across the garden. She's like watering the plants. I was like, she can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see what this man is talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that's no, really interesting. It is really interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the uh, the link is it's interesting because we, we we talk about when we, we have a, we've had podcast when we've, we've touched on parents, which I talk about each other's each other's mums or whatever. And uh, that route is definitely there, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, like it's weird. I never really thought about it to this extent before. I was having a conversation with my housemate, so like uh, we we regularly talk like for ages about that, like all sorts of stuff. Because uh, which you know, just just like you guys, you know, you're just like you're talking about any any kind of topic. Uh, we do the same sort of thing as well. So I'm like super grateful for that because you're just you know pushing your pushing your ability to think. And then when we were talking about, um, to say, like my journey through life, which is different to a lot of the people that I know and knew and hung around with, which is being in corporate environment, deciding that wasn't for me and actually making the decision to leave and start on the career that I'm in now. What and corporate environment were you in? I was, I was a tax analyst. So I used to work for a holding company doing the UK, uh, uh, starting out like you doing UK computations and uh, uh, was going for like the tax exams and stuff like that. Got halfway through them and I was like, I'm not doing well because I just don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't want to do this. That's what I realized. And uh, but it just took me a little bit of time to like, you know, long story short, it was just like, I, I've realized I don't want to do this. I'm going to make a change. I don't know what that is yet. Spent some time figuring it out and eventually realized, oh, I think, you know, I've always been into health and wellness, so maybe I could do this for other people. And then, you know, get into it and then realize, oh, shit, there's a ton of different avenues I could take this. And then it just, I just, I kind of went along with the ride and just let it take me where I, where it was taking me, where my interest drew me in. And, you know, kind of here I am today and here it goes on. And, um, and then also my brother is, so I'm a personal trainer who's got an economics degree. Uh, my brother is a cake maker <laughs> who's got an English lit degree and, uh, you know, it, and we're Indian. So it's not traditional in any sense. Right. And we're just like, and we look around our different circles and we just think it's, yeah, it's unusual. It's not like that for, um, family friends of family even even our own friends as well so if we take the circle and remove it a few degrees it's still unusual what we're doing mm. and so the so then it was like you know where does that come from and um it only really hit me last night when i was talking about it is like basically when we're about four or five when i was about f maybe four or five years old my dad decided to quit drinking alcohol like cold turkey just straight away and because uh, he realized, like, if I keep doing this, it's not going to be good for the family. And and it's only like in hindsight, can you tell? Because time tells the story, right? The fact that he made that decision and everybody else in his circles and in the circles continued to just follow that path and just keep drinking. Um, it's 30 years later is when you can see the effect of that decision. And he basically made a decision which was counter to the culture that he was in. And he stuck by it. And then it just hit me last night. I was like, oh, maybe me and my bro do that because on that unconscious level, we registered that my dad did something like that, mm -hmm. you know, when, uh, when we were kids. And I never really <clears throat> thought of it in that frame before. I just thought, like, you know, my parents have set us up to basically think for ourselves eventually. And we, we, we eventually got there. 
but um, didn't realize that there was actually an event that could have marked in us that this is that this is what we're about. And uh, it was a super interesting thing that, and again, you know, it's the traces, it's the traces of your ancestors, basically yeah. leaving the mark in a way that you don't really notice, but that could explain why you are the way you are, or help explain it. Mm, sure, that's a really good point, bro. Mm. Yeah, it's just so interesting, man. Mm. So interesting. Yeah, I, I can definitely draw parallels. And I mean, TJ, we know about this conversation in the past, um, and he, he can he can touch on it if he if he wishes. But um, in my my perspective. Exactly the same, man. It's so weird. Like that. That's a really sentinel thing. Why did your dad actually say no to alcohol? Why did he? Why did he just step away? Yeah. So um, the story goes that um, like my dad got um, my dad got pissed at a family get together, and my mum was a new driver, and so she like just passed the test and stuff. So she was driving us home, uh, but something happened. I don't know if like she just got kind of got. Um, Basically, it like ended up is a minor thing. It was a, like a minor accident, like hit the curb, and uh, it. Uh, I don't know if it was because somebody ran into her or if there was some sort of traffic incident or what. But it was just basically it was a minor incident, and um, it just shook my dad up. It shook up my mom and dad, but um, my dad was like, "I've got the kids in the back. I've put my wife in this situation that I shouldn't have put her in because of my actions. Mm. Fuck that. I'm not doing that ever again." And um, that was it. He's my dad's that kind of guy as well. If he makes a decision, he's he's running with it and like hasn't tr- touched a drop of alcohol ever since. And even in the face of you know people saying to him, "Oh, you know, have a drink, it's fine if you just have one," he's like, "No, I don't want to." And um, and so that's um, that's that's what I'm aware of with the story. And it was just basically it had a profound. It was like it was a small in the grand scheme of things, it's a small incident, right? But it's massive because of the implications uh, of it. And again, it's something that you only realize over the course of time. And he just thought, this is not how I want my kids to grow up. I don't want to put my family in a situation where um, it was my fault if something went wrong, things like that. So I think that's uh, that's what it came from. And uh, he just went cold turkey and uh, has never looked back. That's big, man. Wow, yeah, man. it's huge. It's huge. It's just... Yeah, the older I get, the more and more I appreciate that because, again, you just learn these things by looking back and you see his health. He's completely fine, you know. He's he's active. How old is uh, he? He's 62. Yeah, yeah, 62. Like my dad would benefit from a chat with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll hook him up, man. We'll hook him up. It's, uh, honestly, it's like uh, uh, I just – my dad can do an ass-to-grass squat, yeah. He's 62 years old. And uh, – and I said to him, I was like, Dad, there's there's people my age who can't do what you're doing, right? Like I coached them so that they can do a proper squat again. And you've still retained this somehow. So he's got full function of his joints. He's uh, he's healthy. He's capable. You know, he keeps his weight. He maintains it. He goes walking. Sorry, Tentra, hmm? I don't think we should also, shouldn't underestimate the difficulty of the skill and how hmm. to do an astrograph squat properly. Exactly. Like when you say that my dad's 62 and he's got an astro grass squat, I'm like, shit, man, I only just about did that last week. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the people that see this, like, it's one thing saying it and seeing a form of it, but mm. like, or a version of it. But like, I'm yeah. guessing you're coaching him or educating him and ensuring it's on point. Mm. That's a hard thing to do, especially when it's aligned correctly. Yeah, completely, man. And it's like, it's not like, you know, I haven't actually had to, I haven't had to say anything to him. I've just seen him just get down into a squat. And I was just like, dad, 
you know, people can't do that. <laughs> was, that was just it. I was just astounded that he was still able to do it. And, uh, and whereas me, when I started getting into personal training, I spent weeks and weeks working on my mobility so that I could get into a comfortable squat. And, uh, and like now I can finally like, you know, I can retain it and it's cool. It's all good. So I know the mechanics of it now, but it's just amazing that, um, you know, there's all these like life decisions that have ultimately meant that, you, know, you could be 62 and do an Aston Grass squat, which is a pretty good sign of health, right? Yeah, man, 100%. I'm with you there, my man. That's, um, and I can just, the reason why I resonate that with so much is because I've had my own, like, learning that skill properly and executing it to a T. And you're mm. like, yeah, my dad's got that down at 62. I'm like, yeah. shit, man, I need to, that's a big, that's, in my opinion, that's like a big thing because when I hear it, when you hear people, like I'm doing squats today, at first, again, this is, again, I shouldn't tell you too much because when I first, when you would first hear that as a PT, okay, yeah. this, this guy's quite cool. But then, mm. as you grow a little bit and you learn a little bit and you become more aware, you're like, you said you can, you said you can squat. Not really, you're not really squatting there, mate. But yeah, then, exactly. like, so yeah, so that comes with time. So yeah, hearing your old old man being able to do that, mm. I think maybe he does deserve a little cheeky little. Celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only way we celebrate is by getting down in that squat. <laughs> That's how we celebrate. That's, uh, man, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's like a, it's, a, it's a, you look back in history and you just think, how, how is it possible to do that? And I think uh, a lot of it is like, okay, moving to this country at 17 and, uh, and he spent his youth basically being the son of a farmer. So, he was out in the fields. He was in that position often. He was uh, wrestling when he was like 10, 11, 12, 13, just like doing all these different things. And whereas kids nowadays, and we are a product of that environment as well, potentially, because, uh, you know, they just don't, they're not active. There's not encouraged to be active. The environment isn't there to be active. So you lose that basic skill to be able to do that. Whereas, you meet someone like my dad or if you ever saw him do that you just think how is that possible and then you can probably trace it back to all right here's what was right in the environment for that to be possible and that's what we've this is this is the this is the product of that and uh, that's kind of you know, one of the things that i'm seeing with that is uh, okay there was and and also the job that he does as well is like you know his construction maintenance work and stuff like that so he spent a long time just basically being active on day to day basis that doesn't necessarily preclude him to be able to do that well because there's lots of people in in, in those uh, in those lines of work which um screw themselves up always uh, you know get into back problems because of the kind of positions that they find themselves in but you know touch wood he's been all good and um yeah somehow somehow he's retained that capacity so big respect shout out to my dad <laughs> Yeah, man, big one for Mr. Sandu, senior Sandu. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> deep, exactly. deep in the jeans, man. It's deep in the jeans. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's funny. It's work for that shit. Yep. It's, uh, it's, um, How long have you been fun. a PT for? Uh, since 2013, April 2013. So seven and a bit years. Yeah, seven years, three months. Where did you work yeah. first? I was. Uh, I started off in Virgin Active. I was. Oh, at, so how did you find you know like going to having a commercial place of work immediately mm. like almost a corporate place right having yeah. that structure that uniform be there at 9 a.m as your introduction to the industry well for you to actually do your job do yeah. you feel that that set you up for the rest of your time helped towards 
going forward as a PT, as opposing to qualify Monday, go pure gym Tuesday, and be a be a PT there. Yeah, I think uh, I think my path went the way it went. It was the way it was supposed to go in a lot of ways. So for me, it was a very very good uh, um, uh, learning ground. So when I stepped in, um, I stepped in as a fitness coach, like you know, right at that bottom rung where you're interacting with uh, clients. Uh, sorry, gym floor. Uh, and gym members, uh, you're just making sure they're doing all right. Um, they're not screwing themselves up. You're cleaning up the equipment after them, um, putting away all the kit and everything like that. So it was like, you know, and also considering my background of being somebody who was a graduate salary as a tax analyst and then being like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to move to something that's minimum wage and then be there for about two years and then and then work it up. It was that, was um, it. that within itself is impressive. Yeah, it's well, it was, uh, it is like I didn't even care about that. It was just, I just want to do the thing that I want to do. That's basically where it came from. And I was just lucky, like, you know, I had people, basically, the only people that mattered were my parents and uh, my bro to support me. And everybody else is like, it didn't really matter. It was just as long as I could show them that I was moving along the right way, um, then that was fine. And there were definitely, because it took me basically between uh, leaving my job at the end of 2010. And finding the job of Virgin Active, that was January 2012. So it took me 12 months basically to find a job in the industry. So I did a bunch of odd jobs in between, um, rather than being pizza delivery for the summer of 2011. Who did you deliver pizza for? Yeah, I did it for like the local uh, uh, pizza company, like Milano's Pizza. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you get free pizza. Yeah, man, it could get, I could eat a nine-inch pizza every day if I wanted to. I was like, no, nope, I'm going to leave that for Sundays, <laughs> Sundays only. <laughs> and the guys I worked with were like, what's wrong with you, man? You get free food. I was like, yeah, but you don't understand. I don't <laughs> want <laughs> to eat pizza every single day. I don't want – I mean, the guy asking me a bit was about 30 kilos overweight as well. I was like, this is why I don't want to eat pizza every single day. <laughs> So you and I have very different definitions of the word food, yeah? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I mean, the reason I did it was like, I went in there, I was like, man, I believe in your product. Let me do the job for you. I love your <laughs> pizza. Like, yeah, exactly. I love the pizza. Right? It was super legit. We would like regularly get it on a Sunday. And uh, and it was just like, yeah, I just need, I need, I need money. I've got a 125cc motorbike. If he could just set a freaking uh, pizza box at the top of it, I'm, I'm set. And then basically the guy ended up feeling sorry for me because I went there about three times to ask if I could do pizza delivery for him. And he thought I was just fucking around, right? He's like, what, who's this well-spoken dude like asking for a job? Because the context is he's basically just got a bunch of immigrants working for him. Then he's like 11 dudes from India, <laughs> right? <laughs> or Pakistan. And he's like, I'm so confused. Why is this guy asking for a job? Yeah. And uh, so I went back like three times and uh, and asked him, I was like, you ready to take on another delivery driver? He's like, nah. And I came back and like two weeks later, you ready to take another delivery driver? He's like, nah. Came back a third time. And then basically, I don't think he knew that I spoke Punjabi, but he just says, uh, he just goes, uh, he basically uh, made the pizza box for me. And the guy who was making it, um, he just said to him, he's like, oh, you know, this bachata just keeps coming back, basically. He's like, this this poor guy just keeps coming back and asking for a job, so I felt sad that I had to give him one. <laughs> he said. But I'm there. I understand Punjabi, but I don't think he realized that because he just sees me as this well-spoken brown dude who just grew up here and probably doesn't know how to speak. 
<laughs> fucking hilarious, man. And anyway, so like I ended up doing that and that saw me through the summer. And um, and then, yeah, a few bits and pieces here and there. And then, I mean, yeah, going back to the like the original thing, which was what was the what was it like going into that commercial environment? It was uh, it set me up well. It was it was a good learning curve. It was because um, I had a lot of exposure to a lot of different kinds, uh, a lot of people. Because um, the company, so I was at Virgin Active Broadgate, which was one of the classic clubs, so like the higher tier uh, Virgin Actives. I was in the heart of the city, in like Liverpool Street. So um, city workers, and there's about five thousand plus members. I probably saw like a thousand people going through the doors, um, you know, on a given week. Did, did you got, work for them or did you pay that? Was it a freelance or did you get paid by them? No, you were PAYE with uh, Virgin Active. So you were employed by them. And um, so, yeah, so setting myself up, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good environment for that because I had a lot of exposure to people. So I could just build relationships mm. and uh, get to know uh, a bunch of people. And um, so then when I started, and yeah, and being surrounded by other personal trainers. And luckily there were a handful of really good trainers there as well. So I learned stuff from those guys too, which was super helpful for my transition. And then when I did make that transition, it was kind of like, you know, you're setting your own hours, you're going about getting your own clients, but the clients are from the Virgin Active pool. So it's, um, you're kind of like working on like, you know, do your own hours, but do it your own way but you've got to still have that corporate thing going on where you know every thursday you've got to have a pt team meeting you've got to have one-to-ones with your manager about still you know, do it how, their way. yeah you still got to do it that way exactly and um and then so very quickly about a year afterwards a year after being there i was like if i'm here another year this is not good it's not going to be good for me because um i got to the stage where after a year i had like trainers like fresh trainers coming up to me and asking me how to do a consultation. And I was like, it's way too soon to be considered the expert in, <laughs> in, in the, in the area and in the arena. And uh, I mean, in on one sense, it was like, it's great because it's a reflection of me just like accelerated learning, just absorbing information and applying it. Just like what you said, man, is like, learn how learn this shit on Monday, applied it on Tuesday. And it would even be like, the client would ask the question about the thing that I just learned about and he'd go, Oh, great. I get to apply it straight away. So that was something I really loved about it as well. And, um, and so, you know, it's a great testament to that, but at the same time, it was like, you know, if you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And right. especially if it's one year in, it's not, um, it's not great. So then I just started thinking like, uh, I'm going to have to plan an exit over the next year, get some more experience and then, um, and get that. And it's partly as a function of, you know, there's a high turnover rate at a place like that. It got worse and worse when like management started deteriorating on some level, they were going through a change where they were getting bought out by like a VC com- uh, company, I think. Um, I can't remember the details of that, but so uh, there was even a stage where, when I, when I was basically leaving, there was essentially no one to report to. <laughs> and so I just kind of slipped through the back door and um, and just kind of left that way. Um, uh, yeah, so it was very much an environment of uh, great, like great place to learn. And uh, with the way that things were changing there quickly, it was like, I can't, I don't see myself here for a while. I want to do my own thing. And, uh, and, and it's like the universe just kind of 
made it happen where the place that I wanted to go, if I was going to look up a place, the kind of place uh, to work at, asked me if I wanted to work there. And I was like, this is, this is beautiful. This worked out pretty well. I think those kind of gym places, um, I don't think PTs realize, in my opinion, that mm. going somewhere like Nuffield Health or David Lloyd or Virgin as your first introduction to the industry, and I don't mean that from a knowledge point of view, I just mean that from a standards, a standards point of view. Like, mm. when I, I, I had a similar introduction to you, I went to work at Nuffield, and mm. it was like, here's your uniform, be here at 6am. They're just basics. You know, any workplace, they're just basics. But like, yeah. you end up being a freelance at another gym, or you pay a rental fee, which is fine, but if that's your first introduction, you're not going to be held accountable to the things that, in my opinion, the, the, to the standards that should be standard in yeah. the industry. And yeah, sure. so I'm, I'm with you there. So I was curious into asking you why. Uh, sorry, how did you feel? Mm. Was yeah, it was just, um, yeah, just like good, good first place to start. Good, uh, good environment, good exposure to a lot of different people, different kinds of trainers. And then, and then, yeah, built from there. I wonder, like, um, there's definitely, I think a lot of it is to do with the kind of person you are and the person you're trying to develop into being. Because you can, I think there's, there's like, there's people who can go into that model uh, of like, you know, being self-employed straight away and have the discipline to do well and like the discipline to show up, like, you know, be personable, be there for the client and things like that. But yeah, there are like, I remember when, when one of my clients ended up moving away and then hired or tried to hire another trainer. And he was like, I had like three appointments set up with this guy and he kept canceling uh, them. And then when he finally did show up, it was like half an hour late. And like, I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> it's like, where's the level of professionalism? And it's just that basic grounding just wasn't there. But I think yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's also individual dependent. It's like, if you're, if you're going to take pride in what you do, if you're going to enjoy this, if you want to do it well, then, you know, have the wherewithal to do that kind of shit and like uh, take it upon yourself to do that. And because um, there were still people who at, at Virgin who were just like, you know, they were taking a piss still and they could kind of slip through the cracks because like, you know, they decide to not show up to a PT meeting and um, and whatnot. And, uh, and yeah, it just wasn't like really like properly tracked or anything like that. So it's still like, it's still easy to do that. You just have to hide a bit more in uh, that environment. Whereas um, uh, if you're creating it for yourself, I guess, um, yeah, you can't, you can't really hide. It just shows you who you, I guess it just shows who you really are, mm. especially if you're not willing to improve from that. For sure, man. I agree with that. Hmm. It's interesting. So you, you, I think that our industry is one that definitely needs more guidelines in terms of like, I know we have like reps, but, they're a bit weak, man. I, I've not yeah. really looked into reps. I don't think anyone gives any kind of weight to reps. Or I don't even know if is that just a UK thing? Do you know? Are yeah, reps, reps is a UK thing. They just got bought out by like some other uh, professional. Oh, Anthony, Anthony was telling me about this. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned yeah, so, this a while ago. Yeah, so they've just uh, they've they've transitioned, and um, but yeah, it's like it's basically the place that you buy your insurance from, uh, your liability insurance as an individual trainer. And they have their, their so-called, you know, it is the register, but I don't think any 
anybody who's looking for a PT ever looks at it. And no. uh, for it to be like, you know, you just kind of have to say you've got industry recognized qualifications, which is, you know, reps is the biggest company for that. But I've just mm. done so much shit, which they don't have any idea what it is. Mm. And it's, that doesn't make me, doesn't make me any less knowledgeable uh, because no. it's not your on your thing so it's just like whatever really and you can get your insurance from any insurance company who knows how who knows what they're doing where, where did you qualify tj hmm. um i qualified with a company called fitness industry education and oh, yeah. i did it so weird like there's a there's a story with this as well so, Gosh, so yeah. i um i got I wanted, I decided that I'm sick and tired of doing every other job apart from the thing that I'm really, really, I enjoy. Mm. So like Nando's, Primark, Selfridges, Asda, Perfect Home, HSBC, um, Doorwork, um, Korea. I did all these things, right? And I was like, I kept getting sacked. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, clearly that there's nothing's not working for me. Like, I am a problem. I'm clearly a problem. So, um, I remember I was in a in a slight personal pickle with where I was staying. So like I basically sold my car, which I was kind of sleeping in from time to time. But I found this PT course, which was pretty cheap, went to rent a room, and every day I had to go six for six weeks, I just had to go on one of those short crash courses. Now, prior to that, my education in like let's say GC, SEP, A level PE, Beats Export, having an entry level to university was okay i feel like as an entry-level pt i was okay i was like had a baseline of understanding mm. and passed this course and i remember like i was so nervous about passing this course because a lot was riding on it so i would i went to Nuffield health and i said to them can i have a job and i had no qualifications and he said can you go and get you need to get the qualifications and then about a week later he comes back the manager and he goes why don't you, he must have forgot that I asked him about the job. He comes back again a week later and he goes, why don't you just work here? You're always here. And I was like, so when shall I start? Shall I start tomorrow? Like, just give me the uniform. I was like trying to really force it. I was like, let's start tomorrow then. And he's like, no, you need to go and pass. So I'll go home, get this course, go and do it for six weeks. I'll pass and I come back. And I remember when I passed, it was the first thing I'd passed in terms of like qualifications for ages. And like, I was super gassed. I was like, wow, I passed on it, man. Like, sick, like. I'm gonna go KFC now. Treat myself. That was weird. I passed my PT course and I celebrated with the KFC. So then, vices, man. That was a lack of awareness I was at at that stage. And then I said, "Here's my qualification. When do I start?" And he goes, "Okay." So next process is the interview. And I was like, "What interview?" I was like, "You didn't mention our interview. You were talking to me like you're gonna give me the job today, mate. Like I'm ready." Like, and because we had that kind of banterish relationship, we could speak mm -hmm. like that. And yeah, then. Cool. Uh, he goes, the interview's next week. So I'm like, okay, cool. So now I walk, I walk to the interview, super hot day. I'm sweating on the way to Northfield Health. I'm just like, this is going to be a doddle. I know the guy. But I'm going to get this job. I'm going to start next week. And finally, I can do a job that I enjoy and I'm not going to get sacked again. So then um, I got there and I was uber nervous. So like, I think at this point, I must have had a very high conversion rate from interview to getting the job. And I must have all those fucking jobs. And then... I um so I'm definitely gonna get this job. Hundred percent gonna get this job. Train here, I get on with all the members, get on with the staff, just a matter of time. Anyway, I was so nervous about getting this job that I'd stuttered in the interview, I really underperformed, and maybe that was my first stint of 
real bad nerves, like really placing a real need for this job. So I remember this girl called Lucy, and I could see straight away, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it better than her. I'm going to do the job better than this. But all of these people, I'm thinking I'm going to do the job better than them. So there's no need for you guys to be here. You might as well just go now. Yeah, like, let's make, let's call everybody's hour and just, cool. Anyway, I mess up the interview, still thinking, <laughs> because I get on with the guy. I mess up the interview, I'm so nervous. I'm like, so you need to deliver a class, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I was like, shit, man, like, there's a lot to do here. I thought this was going to be a case of turn up, sign the papers and leave. And then he takes me to one side and he goes, TJ, I can't give you the job. And I was like, why not? I said, I've got the qualification. You told me, at first you didn't tell me about no qualification. You just told me I could start. So I'm ready to start. Then you move the goalpost and say, I have to get the qualification. I understand. I was playing, I was playing devil's advocate with him. I was like, I need to go get this qualification. I get the qualification. Now I've messed up the interview. I said, I'm really nervous about the financial situation I'm in. I'm banking on this job. Like you don't understand how much I need those wages in four weeks. And he was like, I can't give you the job. And I was just like, wow, like, felt like crying. I was just like, shit, man. Mm. <laughs> My first, I just got blanked, denied. So I went over to Asda over the road, got myself some food. It was a meal deal for two pounds fifty. Went back over to Nuffield and I said to the manager, I was like, who do I need to speak to to get this job? And he was like, the manager. So I speak to the manager and I've just said, um, what are the chances of me and someone else, there's only one role, what are the chances of you guys making a second role? And he goes, it's not in the budget. So I said, what if I add to your budget? He goes, what do you mean if you add to the budget? I was like, what if I make you more money? Then the budget, like, you've got more to play with, right? So he goes, what are you saying? So I said, um, what's the most money anyone's ever made for you guys in their first month for Nuffield Health? And he was like, £1,600. So instantly, I was like, £1,600? I was just like, that's not that much. Like, I was, like, no. <laughs> so I was like, if I said to him, let's negotiate. <laughs> and yeah. he said, um, I said, if I beat £1,600, I get the job. If I don't beat it, I get £1,599. I don't get the job. And you don't have to pay me. Yeah. So I was like, deal. You've got the job. I was like, cool. So <laughs> My I man. The, I finished the month on, like, I think, like, 2-4 or 2-5. Wow. So then, But I'd done the target. I'd done their target in the first week. And then, like, all of a sudden, there was, oh, you really was nervous, right? I was like, yeah, man, I told you. I was, like, I was in a situation, personally, financially, I really needed this job. And then... Uh, <laughs> What I learned from Nuffield, very similar to what you learned at Virgin, mm. was just like how to speak to people. You get, mm. a, shitload, you get a shitload of leads, mm. um, and then you get your own consultation process. You get your kind of your own way of talking with people and identifying needs and providing solutions. Mm. And then second month I did more, third month I did more, fourth month I did more, and then all of a sudden I went into the manager's office and I was like, monthly target ET was 7K. That's what their monthly target was. So I was like... But their monthly target is 7k and i'm doing nearly 3k a month myself like look, these guys are going to pay me i was like what the hell like, <laughs> i'm bringing most of the changing so then that's when kind of the writing was on the wall because i found it difficult mm. to be, like i'm doing working really hard like i'm doing 40 mm. 40 hours a week in my first role and they just were i remember like i did 2400 or something in my first month but my wage was 400 pound yeah so the way that they heard it yeah exactly where that they and i was just like what's all this about and because i was so honest so you had to sign your sessions off and some of the mm. PTs were just signing them off but not delivering them but yeah. i was just like, i'm going to do them and then i'm going to sign them so then mm. all of us like month one because i booked so many people in and i wasn't delivering them more because it was like a, a knock-on effect they booked in for next week and they booked in for the week after i wasn't delivering the sessions that i'd sold so they were keeping the money 
And I was like, mm. it's not cool, man. Like, I'm working really hard out. So then going to like team meetings and like the guy who's earned more money than me, I'm like, how has this guy earned more money than me? Like, he hasn't hardly been here. And I realized what he was doing. He was just signing his, he was just signing his own sessions up. Yeah. So like yeah, month man. one, month one was like 400 pounds. And then month two, I went from like 400 to like, let's say, I don't know, 1600. And I was like, Tito, that's a big jump. I was like, yeah, everyone's been coming. I've been signing everybody off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, enough, I feel like as a PT, like when I went to Pure Gym, I saw a lot of new people <coughs> Pure. Like, you could tell it was their first job. Hmm. The circulation of staff was massive. Hmm. Like, I was like, wow, these guys have, I don't feel they're, they're, they're aware of even how to say hello. Like right. They're not even yeah. like how to approach a client, how to mm-hmm. build a rich common ground, have the confidence to do that. Yeah. And like that's when I realized, although Nuffield Health did a, it was a mixed time of events, version of events, like high and low, mm-hmm. they taught me a lot. Yeah. And I feel like most PTs would benefit from a company like that in their first role as like the structure, the guidance, the constant lead that they keep pumping you away. You don't have to mm-hmm worry about tax you don't have to worry about being self-employed you don't have to worry about nothing you just got to turn up yeah. and embody the role of a yeah. personal trainer and i think yeah. pts miss that now because they mm. go straight oh i want to earn 25 pound an hour i want to earn 35 pound an hour and i'm like i mean i had this chat the other day i was like i don't think i was even worth 30 pound an hour like at some points mm. in my pt um career and i think yeah. when they go straight to freelance not all of them some mm. of them. to create their own I think they end up being a bit deluded yeah yeah it can happen for sure yeah right, just um, yeah go ahead man working in so many gyms I was talking so, so how's PT going like yeah man I only need to do four sessions today I was like okay cool I'm charging this much I'm like wow charging this much I'm like, like hey, you're charging that much I'm like shit man like <laughs> you're charging that much and you're not like you can't even they're not even walking straight how are you charging that much <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah when me and Umar, when I when Umar came back from London, we had a couple of awkward conversations. It was just like, PJ, level up, be more, do more, learn more. Right. Basically saying, you're shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're shit, mate. So I was just like, it's, so like I'm, looking, I'm looking at him. That's hey, epic, man. I'm playing this guy on like Mr. Regulator, yeah. Like he he has yeah. a oh, really cool. and I'm looking at, him, I'm like shit, man. He just became super unregulated, like. <laughs> He just told me how it is. I wasn't expecting that. Like, I've never seen this guy before. Like, what's happening? This is like a new. Yeah. And then, uh, I think when you need to have friends like that that tell you yeah. as it is. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, like, I remember like he was talking to me a couple of things when we first started, and I started first started learning a bit more recently. And I remember like he was talking. I was like, "What? I'm gonna just I'm gonna do that cool. I don't know mm. what the fuck he's on about." But like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I'm on the same page. <laughs> Just thought I'd put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's big respect, man. That's really, really hey, interesting. Mass, yeah, m- exactly. Massive respect. That's just, that's got to be fired up, man. It's like just walking in there. It's like, what's it going to take to get this job? Like, you're going to do yeah, this. You're going to do it. that. That's when so I, fucking epic. When I left there, I went to Pure and like I had like this massive client base. I had like, I was doing like 40 sessions a week. And I mm. said to the manager, I was like, can I have a job here? And he was just like, well, there's a process. And I was like, because I'd had so many jobs by that point. I was like, I, I know this process more than you, mate. Just give me the job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, give me the job, mate. And he was just like, uh, and I remember like he was talking about 
I remember, I think I know, he was talking to you about KPIs, like key performance indicators. And mm. like, he said, do you know what KPIs are? And I was just like, yeah, they're your target. And he was just looking at me like, oh, okay. And I said, I can help you hit your target, you know? Like, that's, I do that. That's what I'm good at. Give me the target. <laughs> so anyway, he gave yeah. me the job. And then, um, yeah, Pure Gym came. And Pure Gym was interesting, don't you think, Kumar? It was. It was. I, I, to be honest, I remember not very little of it, but I remember like just it, it was such a it was such a in between thing for me because UP was there was a thing for me that was like I'm this is my goal like this is this is just a stepping stone I'm getting there. But I think you you probably remember that that time better. Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you leave Did you leave Nuffield and go straight to? No, I went no field. Then I went click lifestyle fitness, which is now the gym. And oh, really? I didn't process that. <laughs> I was like, guys, look, I got 30 clients, 40 pounds a week. Just tell me when to start. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you don't need yeah. And I started. Um, <laughs> I wasn't very good at that stage. I certainly wasn't worth the money that I was charging, if I'm entirely honest with myself. And then when I went to Pure, um, I went to Pure because I, I, I just didn't like, I didn't get on very well at lifestyle. Then I went to Pure. And I remember how Pure concluded. So, like, my manager, he, I don't know if he listens. I don't give a shit if he listens to this. I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say his name there. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I remember, like, he was uber unreasonable, man. Like, this guy was <clears throat> my middle ground with this dude. I was like, right. I remember he wanted me to work New Year's Day. And obviously, everybody's been celebrating New Year's Eve. Hmm. I was just like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, yeah. you do it. <laughs> it was like yeah. I was like what and then he was literally we just we kept there was loads of things that were going back and forth and then I think he was just like I don't think this is working and I said yeah I think you're right and um yeah it didn't didn't last long there either to be honest but again still had a client base fortunately for me and then I went to another place and then that's when Umar went UP I went to the other place and we had our little bet had our little competition <laughs> and then um yeah and then left that place went to another place left that place went to another place <laughs> yeah I learned a lot in these places. So I'm glad that I went to every single one of them. And now you opened up with Umar, yeah? It's just experience, isn't it? It's just experience. It's like the subtext to all of that stuff is that somebody can look at that and be like, oh, hired, fired, hired, fired, hired, fired, hired, left, hired, mm. left, hired, left. It doesn't matter. That, that doesn't yeah. matter. Like that, that, what that means is like you look at all these like global CEOs, freaking none of them, none of them went to uni, none of them went to college. None, none, some of them have a, have a story similar to yours, TJ. And it's like, as long as you're learning something from the process, you can go through any process. You can you can literally be like, and in your story, like I, I'm, I, like I said earlier, I'm privileged enough to know your story at a deeper level, right? It's akin to all of these guys. It's akin to some of them. It's better than some of their stories, right? But the the thing you need is just to go through shit and then learn from it, learn from it, mm. learn from it, learn from it, learn from it. It doesn't matter that you that you were sacked. It doesn't matter like kind of that that some guy at Pure Gym thinks that you're not good enough to work at his gym. Fuck that guy. It doesn't you mean know, anything. Mm -hmm. In line with learning, I think I could tell you, I think Field was good at structure. Nuffield was good at giving people leave. Field had a bit more input on developing their people. Um, Nuffield had, they had to be, they were a commercial dim. There was, there was like all about well-being. Health. Um, right. mm. Yeah, health. Pure, they had good, they had good like measures in place. They had to have good measures in place because the place was so big and they had like 5,000 people. So like mm. the way that they delivered classes compared to Nuffield, in my opinion, was better. So then... When I had to go to another gym to deliver classes, I was basically taking what I got from Nuffield, taking what I got from PR, put my own little spin on it, and then like was delivering from all these gyms that I've worked at. But Pure did really good. Um, I don't know if it's really good. What do you think? Remember we had to do the um, the, the 
the um, what's that word called? The induction thing. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Sure had a re- like a quite a. So they would make targets that were just pointless. Like, like it wasn't pointless, but like, I don't think they. Like, they Do you know what? Work. With these targets and stuff, I never did one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I never did one. I never, I never ever saw. This is what TJ is really good at, is that I, I was so hard headed that I was like, I could do better than this. Get rid of this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this first around. I'm gonna tell them how to do lunges. I'm gonna tell them how to do squats. I'm gonna tell them how to do that. I was like, and it was, it was too much for the person. Usually, it's too much for the person. But because mm. I'm so enamored with it, I'm gonna be like, I don't need to learn this. I'm throw that away, <laughs> right? But TJ is somebody who's like, actually, I'm gonna stick to. I'm gonna stick in this room. Stick to this script. I'm gonna lead it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the most from this sponge. Leave it on the floor after it's done. Then go go pick up a new sponge and then squeeze that one as mm. well. Whereas, honestly, I can't. I think I did like two. Two and then even when I was working at the gym, it was just my own spin on it, and I was just, I never really gave it any weight. Um, <laughs> thinking back, maybe I, I definitely should have now, but <laughs> I, th- I always I, the way I look at myself in this like gym industry thing is that if if I'm gonna get my way, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, the, the, but the reason I was doing it my way was because like when you met me, I was like, I'm reading up Charles Poniquin, I'm reading up, I'm reading up kind of these people that that i'm reading on t nation reading all these things that people are like kind of out there getting results and nick mitchell and, and kind of all these people i'm like they're better than pure gym people and it's, that's the wrong way of looking at it I'm, I'm i should look at it like i'm at pure gym i should do pure gym stuff i'm at third gym i'm sure it should be the gym stuff but because i was so like enamored by the leaders and by the like people actually making waves i'm like no let's just teach that stuff and to, to my to my credit in some ways and my discredit in some ways um yeah that was just my that was my way of doing it and be like no don't need this shit go to go to the best and <laughs> yeah. forget the forget the rest it was so weird as well because like i was like hearing umar say that now like, i didn't really do it i think i was like almost if i don't do it i might get in trouble oh, and, okay uh, mm, this yeah. guy this guy just didn't give a shit he's just like <laughs> yeah am i getting in trouble cool. like i'm going anyway whereas like, i had like uh, <laughs> i had an existing client base and i think I think also maybe living by yourself. I was doing by myself at that point. And I think the need to keep it moving, does that make sense? I think like mm. that played a massive part. But I think what Pure did good, those targets that they gave us. So from a business point of view, they was using it as a engagement tool and then a potential retention tool. So like they'd have their classes, you need to get 27 people in the class. And if you've got 27 mm. people in the classes, that means... 27 people are going to the gym. That means 27 people are not leaving. That means you're engaging. Maybe not servicing them optimally, but pure, they don't give a fuck about that. They're just like, get the numbers through the door. Get it in, get it in, get it in. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, I'm about numbers. We're both about numbers, pure gym. Let's do this. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. comes along and he's just like, this is why we didn't talk too much in the first day, mate. I've listened to I've listened to it. Remember earlier in the chat, you said like, there's things that I've said to you recently, like just gone over your head. Remember yeah. we had that chat and you you said this to me, you said it's a retention tool. And I was like, what? Like, I don't know what that means. I don't, know what retention tool. I don't give a shit about classes, about high season, how is like, who's, who's here, who, who's in the class? I don't know, nothing. That That's where I have zero awareness, zero willingness. That's so funny, thing. I want to make this clear. Right? I'll make this clear. Don't be like me. That's right? mad. That's <laughs> I thought you knew. Shit, yeah. man. I'm <laughs> but this is the thing: is that I I thought I knew too. That's why I was like, nope, don't need that shit. Oh, but God. clearly, if I played that game too, I would have known more. That's that's my fall down. Is that I I could I cool read Charles Parkman, but also respect the class, right? That's the win here, right? And 
<clears throat> what I'm realizing, wh- wh- why you keep shouting up this and why you keep, because it, because it is, I can't just kind of disregard the current state of play and be like, no, I, I should just put plug in my own one because who, who's to say that I know best, right? I'm, I'm doing that out of ego. I'm doing that out of like kind of, I'm, I'm just going to do it my way. I'm just going to do it my way because it works for me and I think I can get results this way. And I think I did get results. I think I've always been a result producing trainer. I look back at like some of the results I got at Pure Gym before even UP. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. But that should not have got to my head to the point where I just completely broke it off with, with any kind of like retention tools, KPIs. I never knew nothing about this stuff. And that's where you've mm. been like, oh, this is how the game is played. Let me learn how to play the game this way first. And that's, that's mm. to your credit because now, te- now you've taught me it. What they thank you for that Amazing. by the way. That's the first time we've done that. Wow. Never been aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> happening happening here and now, man. Happening here and now. Just leveling up. Remember that from last week, just breaking the new person and coming out. Yeah, yeah man. Aware, next week I'll be aware of aware of KPIs, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that changes every week, man. That's really interesting, bro, because um I saw that. I saw that with them, those guys, straight away. You know, when they're making, I was like, I was like, why do they make us do a register? They want to. They want a record of who's coming. They want to see how many people are coming. Why are they? Why are they? Why are they feeding back our classes? <laughs> they, I'm, laugh- yeah. I'm laughing because all I was thinking was like, I don't need to know your name. I just need to know whether your whether your knee goes over the ankles or not. Does that happen? Like, does that happen? Tell me if that happens. If that doesn't happen, can you brace your core? Do you know what tempo is? Like, do you know what? Do you know what Charles Poliquin is? Can I teach you about him? Like that. That was like, this is how I help you. Well, that, <laughs> that within itself, in my opinion. Like, oh, amazing. That, that's the bread of it, right? The book. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. That's definitely part of. It. But I think what I was missing was the. I was defo. I was so deep in the in these freaking. And I've still got, I've still got some of the books here that I know. I, I know I was reading at the time, right? I'm so deep in this stuff that I'm missing the wood for the trees, right? I've got a. I've got to do what you're doing. I've got to take the register. I've got to say good morning. I've got to get that. And I, I did do that a bit, but I didn't do it enough. And I didn't respect that process enough. But it's like, that's a gateway to doing this stuff eventually. What I did was I found dedicated people who kind of like was able to look me in the eyes. And I always had quite serious clients, see client, clients that kind of met me on that level, which was like, yeah, we want to achieve shit. We want to kind of get things done. And um, yeah, I just kind of played that game. Whereas you, you, you understood the game they were playing to your credit. And um, you've added that as a cap to your, as as a feather to your cap. Yeah, it's interesting. But these That's things, amazing, are, man. Like... these things are help you to be, in my opinion. They give you an awareness, like when you go to another workplace. And I feel like when you go to another gym to be a PT, whether it's like a independent, small, one-man band kind of gym, when you go there and like, and everyone's doing a massive, great thing in these smaller gyms. Like, hats off to them. Um, but you can mm. see like. You can see the lack of sometimes a lack of like structure thought process behind how to communicate with their people, and then if they can't communicate mm. with their people, they're not going to be able to engage and service them properly. And then all of a sudden now, unless you've got Charles Poliquin book readers like yourself, you're going to get I'm not going to say any names, but you're going to get other PTs that we've worked alongside, and it's going to be Monday. Okay. And th- it's going to be Monday, and they're thinking it's Wednesday, and like mm. they're, they're never going to deal with it. The they're never going to like like identify it like they've got to help people and they've got to take them through a training session go through a consultation prime them properly prepare them properly execute it properly and then conclude it properly and like i said they won't even know what day it is so like, so like mm. it's just an interesting that's, industry yeah man that's that's what kind of yeah. it comes down to like that standards in the industry well that's literally where we started this, this this kind of tangent was like reps and not having like a a 
what's the word? Um, minimum minimum requirements. Minimum requirements to be a good PT. Like know, like you're saying, what day a week is. <laughs> know how to take a register. All these basic <laughs> things that that we now know, right? But it's it's, it's so important. It's so important. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. Super interesting. Yeah, like you guys. Uh... I mean, like I could see it. It just makes so much sense that you, <laughs> how you, how you guys are working together now, is um, is like because you're going to be making the you, you got the gym that you're building together, basically, right? So we're we're working on behalf. We're working with uh, the landlord on this, right? So it, it's it's yeah, we're just in a, we're in a position to to now action on it. To now action on this guy. This guy's got an opportunity. He's he knows uh, us. Through the own through, 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 through the own channels, and then yeah, we're just we're just working on making our own version of this. And obviously, we're we're not we're not mm. like the be all end all. We're not the owners or anything. But I think we'll we'll be able to work in this place and kind of set the standard. Um, we'll set a standard that we think is more appropriate for the industry that that has helped us in many many ways. Helped helped us kind of help our families. And obviously, like it's given back to our why. Back at the end of the day, like TJ, there's a reason why TJ wants to be in the fitness industry. There's a reason why I want to be in the fitness industry. Like, there's a reason why you, G, uh, like you've told your story about kind of being a tax man and hating it. And then it, it's about that. It's about it's about kind of our opportunity to to make something different now. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think is a that that resonates with a lot of people being quite mm. frustrated in their workplaces, being quite stuck, and that can be in so many different ways. Like kind of. TJ was stuck in different ways to the ways I was stuck in when we met at Pure Gym. It, rep- it presented in different ways as TJ's mm-hmm. way and my way presented in totally different ways. But now, lucky enough, we're, we're kind of gone away and come back and gone away and come back and kind of played play tennis with it, as TJ says sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And now we're kind of at a place where we can just be on the same team. Mm-hmm. I think even yeah. that as well, like, you know, with the in- I think with the in- industry, like sometimes, again, I'm just talking about experiences here so if it's not your experience it is what it is but i feel like Mm. sometimes when you come across a gym environment and you're wanting to work with people really want to help people and impact people i feel like he umar is going to be good at a whole heap of bunch of things that i'm not that good at but i don't i don't care really i'm glad that i'm working with him (laughs) but let's let's, let's not use him I'm I'm, I'm, i'm glad i'm working with that person that is on that level that is learning that is applying themselves but i feel like not all the time but like in some of my work experiences that like pts miss the point as to why they're actually in the building yeah and building is to help people and if mm-hmm. someone's doing a better job at that than you are rather than feeling small about it let's meet in the middle about it and you know let's have let's be adults and let's respect and nurture and appreciate and express some gratitude towards the situation and it won't be long before you're delivering those kind of results are you with me big time and i think um that's one thing i found in my friendship with umar but i've also think it's a reason why i've left so many places that makes sense mm, yeah. I think eventually you find the place where you fit or you mm. make make the place that you fit <laughs> and, uh, so yeah man i feel we're very extensively qualified in this industry, Mr. Malik. And mm. good times are coming. And for yeah, you, yeah, Brambra. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Too right. Gotta, Too right. Gotta roll with the punches, man. Whatever's coming our way, with uh, whether it's pandemic or not, <laughs> just gotta make some shit happen. 
even when the pandemic, man, Umar, like, yeah. I, remember, I remember when the pandemic came about, Umar was just like, I was like, how's PT doing? He's like, yeah, good. How about for you? Like, yeah, it's okay. And he was mm. just like, do you think, <laughs> he was like, do you think you can be better? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you're being shit again, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, just forcing you. Yeah. And I remember like the first time he said it, like, I was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know because you know like sometimes you need to hear that yeah like, you need to hear that man like, i think like, i think i think he's when we spoke about what pts charge like some charge 30 some charge 40 some charge 50 or 60 and then like you apply it to yourself and i said this earlier i'm just like another human so when someone pays me for pt yeah like i'm gonna go i'm gonna really try my hardest to deliver on that transaction like i feel that like when you've had no money and then all of a sudden people are paying you really well or mm. your services that if they want, if they have goals to do some dips or do some put where I can help them, mm. I'm gonna literally like squeeze the living daylights out of that sponge because I feel like yeah. if forty pound an hour isn't enough of a motivation prior mm. to that, like you're wanting what training's done for me, how it's helped me, and I feel like <coughs> it's easy to cross that over to other people. It just fits like a glove. Mm. And uh, one thing that Umar pushes a lot is. Are you worth it? Really? Mm. Like, in, in there or thereabouts, I doesn't say that, but just like, mm. charging this much here, TJ. Like, you should know this. This is, this is basics. <laughs> so I'm glad I have, um, I have that in my corner because I haven't always had that. And I think the more and more people get uncomfortable, then they become comfortable for the right reasons. Make sense? Mm. Mm. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. That's, that's, that's interesting because we talked about this recently. And like where you know you, you touched on it earlier in terms of where does that come from, and I can definitely just mm. point back to my parents, man. They're <laughs> they're, they're such like taskmasters, and that's <laughs> yeah. the best best way I can put it is they they just they just like I remember I remember leaving school, and then going to pick mom, my sister up from her school with my mum, and my mum wanting to do like multiplication sums on the way there and be like yeah. just just this plus this or this times this or this, and I'm just like. As a kid, you're just like, I've just finished school, like leave me be, right? I don't want I don't want to do this. And then uh like getting there and reading like reading like Harry Potter or something, and me just being completely like my brain is off now. I don't want to play anymore, right? And yeah. I'm getting words wrong, and she's like oh. and just like giving me that, and I'm just like, What man? But you can't, you can't until the monster comes out of school, until that until that happens, I have to be there reading, right? And yeah. that's just that's just instilled in me. Now that that all that all that really is the subtext of that is my mom wants me to be better, and that's like mm. it's never going to be a bad thing for me. Like I look at my dad in this relationship, and my dad's never expected anything from me, and that's that's you know, cool. It's nice. Like as a parent, like you don't want to, like you don't want to make your kids fit like your mold. Like I, like I'm sure TJ won't want his kid to look exactly like him and wear his hair like him and wear his clothes like him. He'll want him to be his own kid. Like I will, obviously, all of us would want the same thing, but you do need a certain level of expectation from this human being. And that's what we, that's what I think I got from my mom. And then I'm like, okay, I think I've applied it with a bit of my dad's way, which sometimes comes across as I'm the tallest person, I'm the tallest person in the room and you, you're going to know yeah. about it. And I think that sometimes <laughs> always, it, well, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't the way. And I, I, I obviously he's, he's done it for his own reasons and his dad did it for his own reasons, but that's, that's, it is a malik thing in a way because we, we genuinely, ge genuinely, I think genetically sometimes we're a bit taller, we're a bit like kind of our heads are fucking this big. But I mean, like, it's it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I, I think just 
expecting more of the people that you're around is, is a form of love in a way. It's a form of like, mm. I want you to be better. I want you to, to know this because I know that me knowing it helps me. So you do it also. Right. And that's, that's the mm. same thing as my mom doing it to me. Same thing as me doing it to DJ, TJ, TJ doing it to Shrill. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's the way that everybody gets better. Right. It's, 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 and you do it, you do it with me. Right. You rang me up one week and was like, should we do a podcast? And we're like, yeah. And here we are yeah. 15 weeks later. Right. It's a sick. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think it's really cool what you guys are doing with this? I saw the other one with the, the power lifter. Yeah, cool. Yeah, with Grace. Yeah. yeah, Grace. I think yeah, with Grace, I thought her like insight and like about failure and like mm. just basically making it part of the process and like yeah, man. still going hell for leather, still being good. So it was really, it was really good. Really, really yeah, good. cool, man. It's no, in about Umar's mum as well. Thanks, man. Mm. Umar invited around for to set up like to come around on Eid one day. So I've never. I never experienced this kind of celebration or anything like this. Mm-hmm. Not in my own religion, they're also Moses. But then like when yeah. I when I went to his house, I remember like just quiet, just saying hi and being polite to everybody and enjoying it for what it is. And I was just like, Wow man, your mom's like like on it, hey, like she's a proper special lady. And then I realised in that moment, I think I told him as well, I was like, Your mom's the root, if that makes sense. Like you could mm-hmm. see Umar, this big six foot, 200 kilo specimen, yeah. carries himself the way he carries himself, what he does, the way he does it. But you can see like the nurturing, the education, the, 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 the motherly impact that she's had. And it was just quite like, oh, wow, I, I haven't seen that. But now I've seen it. I haven't experienced that too much myself. But when you see it from someone else, it's just like, mm. oh, like, that's how it's done. Like You can lead by mm. example. You can be that person and the next person in line will pick it up. And yeah. they'll go and catch it. So yeah, I think it's again good peoples. Yeah, man, respect. That's Appreciate like, it, Appreciate it. That's also that's also insight, man. It's like when you realize that leading by example is what's going on. It's just uh, you have to have your eyes open to do that to see that because I've realized that with um, say with my parents, for example, just if I was in like early to mid twenties, even pushing into late twenties, I just didn't. Like, I think the level of appreciation will continue to rise. But at that time, I didn't realize just like how they were just showing me the way with just by doing, just by doing and being. And it was, it was, it's mad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I just realized it. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's uh, more and more appreciation grows. Uh, the more I realize that kind of thing as well and just seeing it. And because like little things like uh, I think I said it in one of the podcasts was when uh, in a way like I got it's like just one sentence and I got insight into doing why like understanding why I do what I do. And um, like my mom got asked for advice basically from a family friend and it was, uh, you know, struggling with um, like she's she's Muslim as well, struggling with her faith in the sense that it's like, you know, I believe like I want to practice it my own way, essentially, like I want to. Mm-hmm. But everybody does it a certain way and I want my kids to grow up in a certain kind of way. And I just feel like, you know, maybe the environment isn't there and it's not going to be living up to what I need for them. And my mom just said, well, create it yourself then. And, you know, that was a big shift for that person. And I was like, that is such legit advice, you know, and uh and it was like, oh, that's the kind of shit that I tell people all the time, <laughs> you know. And uh, it wasn't like it was obvious that um, uh, my my mom and my dad were, they weren't like saying these kinds of things to me and my bro, but they were just living it. 
And like, you know, and then as we grow up, we have these conversations about, you know, what we've observed in life and things like that. And then that comes out. I'm like, man, a lot of the shit that I do is starting to make a bit more sense. And there's there's a lot for like, so it makes me more curious about, you know, like tracing back the ancestry to some some degree. Uh, looking back is like, okay, what were my grandparents like? And, um, and, you know, what influences did my parents have, which mean that I am the way that I am? And like, you know, how is my dad the way he is compared to other people in his circles? Like, no, go on, go on. No, I'm no, just smiling because I'm thinking. I'm thinking of conversations we've had, but yeah, go on, go on, go yeah, on. yeah, no, go on. That's it. No, that's 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 the point. Is like you know, hearing that kind of sentence, and then also some other conversations I've had uh, with my parents. It's like okay, yeah, it makes makes sense where you know where I'm coming from. Where is like genetics? It could be like nature and and, and nurture as well. At the end of the day, is both of them, and uh, but it's just a, you know product of your environment and uh, and and the people that you're surrounded by the most and mm. luckily you know i've had a good footing from a very young age and um yeah what was what was your conversation yeah no just the point on point on genetics right i, I remember like here i think i heard this on a podcast ages and ages ago it must have been like seven eight nine ten years ago a long time ago and it was basically like somebody saying it's probably one of the the biggest compliments you can feed somebody is saying you've got good genetics because you're mm. not just complimenting that person you're complimenting 10 generations of their family, 20 generations of their family, right? And you can you basically say that your forefathers, four, four mothers, I don't know if that's a thing, but um, yeah. your four four people were the ones that <laughs> went and got it, went, went, went and made it. Like the advice that your your mom gave, your mom's friend gave your mom, go and create it for yourself. And that mm. that's the, it's like almost like this core band of people that were like mm. the first people. And then a couple of them actually went and did it. And we're hopefully a product of those people. You know what I mean? Mm. That that's the way you kind of look at it, and and no matter, obviously we're all we're all the same, right? We're all the same family. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, man. Really, really interesting. I think I think TJ, if you if you want to get into it, um, your like your granddad springs to mind, in the sense that like yeah, was, was that what you were thinking? <laughs> it was yeah. When you was my, and I think when you talk about your granddad, I was just like yeah, like how so my granddad came from. He was in the Indian Army, and he came here, and. Uh, he was just, I remember seeing him as a kid, right? He was only short. It's weird because all, all the kids are quite tall and he's just dead short. And uh, <laughs> he was just vascular as hell. I remember like, seeing him. He had like abs when I was a kid. He was padded in veins. He was just a strong, short, small man. And then I didn't realize, like, my dad's not that. My dad's not the same as my granddad. And I figured it mm -hmm. I think I know why. So basically, when you come from the army, working in factories, foundries, whatever it is my granddad did, when I lived with him as a kid, he would walk everywhere everywhere mm. like i remember like he would like we i didn't have much to do with him early childhood but then i went had to live with him for a bit and like i experienced like old school and mm. it was like an eye opener like he like we'd go for example every so often he'd be like right we're gonna go to town today so i'm like cool the first day thinking i go stand by the bus stop he's like what are you doing and i was like we're going to town right he's like no we're walking <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, cool. Go to town, go to the bushes, and on the way back, he'll stop in at B and Q, get a plank of wood or whatever he wants to get from B and Q. And I'm like, we're definitely catching a cab back now. There ain't no way this dude can reach walk by like this. So he's like, right. So he's just like, you hold the bags, and I'm gonna hold the plank of wood. So he's holding the plank of wood like here between his on his shoulder. It's yeah. raining. It starts to like spit down. So I'm like, this guy's right. definitely gonna wait in the bus stop now. Definitely gonna wait. He's like, no, we're gonna continue. <laughs> All the way home and then i think in line with genetics and 
grandparents and you know almost appreciating what they did and why they did and that's put you to have that genetic background um he lived a very balanced life my granddad did i feel like he ate just a balanced amount if he drank it was never excessively if whatever he did it was balanced other than being active that was a bit more than balanced he'd do that a bit more then you bring my dad's generation right and they wasn't balanced mm. they're not they're not regulated and then all of us and i come along and i feel like i get a little bit of deregulation lack of regulation from my dad's side but then prior to that i get a little bit of my granddad's like genetics so to speak and then you put all together and you have a product of just like good and bad bits of everything my granddad kicked when my granddad died recently about six weeks ago now he died nurse was saying that like he's in really good nick he's in really good condition i remember like even in on his like deathbed like when he was lying he was like in shape he was <laughs> i was just like shit i'll be happy to be in that shape when i'm 97 years old so i think right. in like genetics and i think your habits and your lifestyle it made sense to me now why this guy walked for two hours there he walked two hours back he'd carry stuff i thought he was just being tired probably was being tired but like he was like gonna keep me fit it's gonna keep me strong it's gonna do all these things for me and then i now look at my dad the complete opposite don't walk anywhere and like there's a, there's a huge difference and i think upbringing whatever upbringing my granddad had and whatever upbringing my dad had obviously the two different upbringings and two different people two different results i'm seeing what was what, what was productive for my granddad but not so productive for my dad and then it's just like i can see that my granddad i'm gonna do that I can see that for my dad. I'll do a little bit of that, but not too much of that. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, and I yeah. Think, yeah, I think you are. I'm glad my granddad gave me this, gave me some decent genetics. Yeah, man. Too right. Too it's right. A, gave you some good lessons there as well, man. Yeah, man. It took, me a while, it took me a while to figure it out. I was like, why is this guy making me walk everywhere, man? What's his problem? He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, there's no need for this. Like, <laughs> And then I realized it was just like, and it was far walk. It wasn't a short walk. It mm. was like, I'm trailing, and he's leading the way. He ain't. I'm younger mm. than. I should be like way ahead of him. And he's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, man, this guy's gonna get angry in a minute. But um, <laughs> they're just like good lessons that you're not aware of at the time. Mm. And then looking back, I'm like, okay, that's why this guy was that. Yeah. Mm. Kind of makes you think like if, if someone like that was running the country or running like had had a bit more responsibility of people around him like a tribe or like a community or like he was a mayor or a governor or like something else people would have their shit together man people would seriously have their shit together where do you say this we must like you know like how running the country like people have their shit together so like i had this chat with someone yesterday oh yeah so everyone's at home there right well they were let's say six weeks everybody's at hmm. home imagine if I'm kind of tangent a little bit, but like imagine like Boris Hayes, the leading experts in the UK, they can give all this fellow money, all they can make whatever money, they can print whatever money they want. But let's just say they set aside, they set aside a small budget of let's say hundred thousand pounds for three experts in stress management, mobility, movement, digestion, all these things that are gonna be compromised now. By being in lockdown and then boris is like every monday at 9 a.m we're going to have a national class on bbc one 
and I'm going to get the most qualified human in the UK to deliver it. And everybody, if you want to move, you know, make the best of the situation, let's be there at 9 a.m. There'll be another one at midday. There'll be another one at 6 p.m. And there'll be another pre-bed one because a lot of people struggle with sleep. There'll be another pre-bed one at, let's say, 9 p.m. Imagine how much it would be a different country and, like, in line with someone running it. I don't mean to be telling Boris how to do his job, but, like... <laughs> take notes, bro. Take notes. <laughs> you know, like, we've been working with people on a ground floor level. And, like, the amount of people are like, oh, my sleep's way better. And this is way better. My back doesn't hurt as much. And I'm just like, this is really basic. Like, sorry, well, you want to have a chat, mate? We can meet up for a coffee and like share a bit. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, in terms of people being healthy and optimal through these unusual times, I don't think the running of it was very good. Yeah. Just, just, just got no idea, man. Just making fucking decisions on a whim. Everything's just a bit of theater. It's like, uh, yeah. This, Virus spreads over two meters, but you are now safe to uh, interact at one meter. It's like, what the fuck are you saying? You know, he's just like, it, it makes no sense. So it's like, they just don't know what they're doing. And uh, I'm down with that idea as long as it's not um, it's not stipulated as uh, compulsory classes, because then we're in a communist regime. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, just people the option. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have the option. That's it. Like picture like how the telly just the telly just flicks over whatever you're watching yeah. all the channels all the channels are TJ just exactly <laughs> even just yeah. It <laughs> yeah. it's like you're looking at your phone and it just flicks over at 9 a.m. it's like oh there's TJ like I breathe. did not sign up breathe. for this <laughs> time to breathe yeah. <laughs> it's gonna help you move and I feel like I don't know I just feel the whole thing with lockdown and corona it's just like madness yeah man it's it's I mean, how many how many different ways can we talk about that kind of thing? It's like it's just not in. It, prevention is not in is not the idea. Uh, like they just don't give a shit about that kind of thing. It's like uh, whatever. This is just this is just like the my, 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 the way the place my mind's going. What you just said, TJ, is like the stage is set. You know, I mean, we we are we hopefully going to have as live lives as long as your granddad's right. So we got seventy odd years. Why can't we figure this shit out? Right, we can mm. we can figure this shit out to be like okay. Constituents of Odeby, you're about to get your lives changed, right? <laughs> so we'll start with you guys. We'll convince you that we know what the f we're doing, and then after that, we're kind of, we're going to go for ten down the street. And we're going to show you guys too, right? And that's that's what's yeah. about, isn't it? It's like, it's like on this big scheme, like you you came into my life, helped me, vice versa in some ways. Jake Grin, fifteen weeks later, helped each other, right? Just proliferates and grows and spreads mm -hmm. and whatever, right? So I mean, the, what you're saying is 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 such a such a whole help right for the whole uk which is clearly the the loser in if there, if there was a league table we're getting relegated right we're getting <laughs> relegated to like we're out you know what i mean like we, we 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 just just put a dome over the uk and be like done leave that thing yeah. because we, we've got the, we, we lost right everybody else we've got the most deaths right in the whole world isn't it like per like per space or whatever where i was just like Terrible. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm probably getting that wrong, but I don't know. In terms of Europe or something, I don't know. I, mm. I think we're 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 leading. Um, yeah. So clearly, the need for what you've just said is the highest here. Mm. I, yeah, and I was just basing that on my client. Like, you know, if I've had any new clients lately, mm -hmm. like, like, how's your sleep? How's your stress management? How's your how's your digestion? How's training? Mm -hmm. And what have you done? And obviously, you'll assess them, and you'll see like internally, externally, movements are just limited as hell. Those are just seeing at home doing nothing and watching TV, and then I'm just like. Like, and then within a week, like 
I'm not saying that they're 100% fixed or anything like that, but there's yeah. certain progress. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm basically, I myself, I am at basic level with this. And this person is also in need and we're working together and there's progress out. I just feel mm-hmm. like imagine if this was available on a wider scale because there'd mm-hmm. be people that wouldn't even be aware that like, they wouldn't even be aware of perhaps a situation or like, some, like, some people are like, I've had a shit sleep for years. I'm like, okay, and how do you feel about that? And they're like, oh, it is what it is. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I've been that guy, you know, I like, had really mm-hmm. bad sleep. So I think um, maybe we should tag Boris in this bit of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it, the thing is, it's like, uh, it, that's that's a classic example of it as well. It's just had, um, so say for example, it, there's a, there's another subset of people there as well. Like, so I've worked in the city of London is like high flyers there in a sense, like city workers, like, you know, lawyers, bankers, these dudes are just like, you know, all about that paper, want to live that high flying life. And there's, uh, there's a intrinsic like competitiveness there as well to reach the top. So it's not like these guys aren't high performers. They're basically athletes for the city, right? It's just a different kind of athlete. And, uh, but you know, the sleep is shit, the nutrition is shit. They don't move. Um, and they don't know that these things are having can ha- are going to have a direct impact on their level of performance, and because they and they don't know that is because relative to everybody else, they're still performing really well. So if the awareness isn't there, you don't know what you've got to fix. So it's kind of like it's up to us as well to be able to speak to people in a certain way where they're like, oh wait, I didn't realize that that was this much of a problem, and. Mm. I didn't realize that I actually needed the solution. So you yeah. just have to, we kind of like, we've got to make it aware. So there's there's also the other side of that is like, okay, if we did have like that national class and it's an optional thing, then how many people are actually going to show up to it? You know, how many people are actually, the ones who really need it, how many of them are going to show up to it? Is like, uh, it, it'll probably be it'll probably more people like, us or just the level below who don't who aren't pts but are fitness enthusiasts and realize yeah this is a good thing for me so it's just uh yeah there's there's that question there as well with regards to the who would turn up for it i think mm. we'll give you a right shift awareness and perspective in the right direction even 10 percent yeah. yeah yeah for sure they're gonna feel it they're gonna feel again just talk contact they're gonna they're gonna feel bare breaths they're gonna feel mm. uh, crocodile breaths they're gonna feel um just better they're gonna feel mm-hmm. like better less pain like i've got a lady who just messaged me now and update oh, no pain sleeps perfect and i swear mm-hmm. she ain't been she's been no gym we obviously had no gym and i was just like there's a whole bunch of people that for uh, including myself that like tick that box mm-hmm. and i just think need to really be about it and do about it and, and the platform perfectly for me was the government i just thought instead of like I get it, being real and telling people facts, which is actually scaring people, which is, again, lowering frequencies. I mm. feel that if we was to flip the coin a little bit and be like, right, guys, if you want it or you don't want it, I'm going to help you sleep. As, as, mm. as England, we're going to have better sleep. And if we have better sleep, we're going to be, be more productive the next day. I'm going to do this yeah. the next day. And it has a knock-on effect. And let's say Umar does it one day, and I don't do it. And then he tells me about it. I'll be like, yeah, I'll see you at BBC 1 at 9, 9 p.m., bro. I'll see you there, and yeah, we'll do the same thing. And then the next morning we wake up, like, yeah, well, I had really good sleep, you know. Like, yeah, that, that was a cool thing to do. Like, and then he might tell his neighbor and then blah, 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 blah. Hmm. I think rather than scaring people, let's flip the coin, man. Boris. Yeah, you know, you know, the way you direct this, you're talking to talking to Boris, but I reckon agendas and whatever bullshit, right? You Brian Rose. Right? Hmm. Green, you know, you know Brian Rose's. Yeah, yeah. T you know Brian Rose's. Yeah, digital freedom platform. Let's play. 
right? That's <laughs> where we because that's that's not a, that's not a UK thing. That's a global thing, right? Mm. People, how many people watch like David Dyke and his? Oh, we should we're gonna get taken off air now. But like, uh, <laughs> how, many, how many people watched uh, his his podcast with this guy and uh, he who shall not be named and all, and all that, right? <laughs> that, that's that's the platform that we should that we should roll this thing out. So so he's getting an email later on today for sure. Achieve thrive. You know what else? Do it, yeah, but it, it could always be like 100 successful. But like, where I've personally applied—that's why I'm saying this. Where I've personally applied it, it's had some form of impact for the positive. Mm. And I think mm. like mm. my mom. My mom's had like a whole heap of events over the last few years, and she's had really bad sleep. And I literally just sent her three videos that Umar's done. I was like, just do this throughout the day and do it before bed. The next day, she texts me and says, like, oh, wow, my sleep was much better. And mm. I was like, now your sleep's better. And all of a sudden now, she's then gone on to getting coaching from Umar. She's now, I'm guessing, eating better, moving better. And this woman, uh, I hope, I apologize if you're listening, if you ever listen to this, but like, mm. lack of regulation really comes to mind. <laughs> and like, mm. it's, for me, I'm just like, wow, like she's, she's progressing so much. Mm. And I sent her three things that my mate's done. Could have been anyone, but it was just him. He did it. I'm, I don't. I know. I keep saying he's really good, but he did it. So like, I sent the video that he did, and then she felt a knock-on effect. A couple of my other clients asked me like, I'm struggling with sleep, or if I train really late, I'm noticing this a lot. Like when people train late, they're just still wired before that when they get into bed. And then I'm just like, what What kind of training did you do? And they'll be like CrossFit. And I'm just like, and then what time did you eat? And they'll be like 10:30. So what time did you go to sleep? I didn't actually go to sleep. I was just tossing and turning all night. They're not aware that their choice of lifestyle for that particular day contributed to their lack of optimal sleep, and then that will. Happen. And then the training session we had the next day was also not as productive as it could be. And then once we switched it around, I said, "Right, don't do CrossFit at this time. Try CrossFit at this time and eat at this time. Just see what happens." And she did it. Mm-hmm. And it was better. So yeah. Think, if any of you guys want to message uh, London Real Forest. Mm. <laughs> tag me in it I'm more than happy to go down there and have a word <laughs> um, spam it spam it everyone listening just just jump on this shit get on it sorry you go you go I was going to ask you like uh, yeah, what kind of things are you helping people with for sleep like what are you suggesting uh, that are the biggest well, bang for buck that's working I think the, the biggest thing that I've noticed was less blue light Hmm. Like, you know, like less you less less phone use before bed. That was the hmm. first thing. I was like, what time? What do you do with your phone? Like, sometimes I just flick through my phone till late. That's quite a basic, easy win. So let's hmm. get a, let's get a system and a routine in place. An hour before bed, you're not going to have that. And then, in the name of you actually sleeping better, then in return, going to allow you to perform better the next day. If you really give hmm. a crap about that, which you should, that's exactly. that's one thing that you can do straight away. Um, sometimes I feel what's helped. I've seen help is just basic breathing exercises. Yeah. Just literally, they may be in a sympathetic state and they're not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. And it like, and I wasn't aware of it. I remember I was doing like 70 hours a week, training twice a, training twice a day, and I was like, this, all day. And I was like, why can't <laughs> And then yeah. once I became aware, I don't do that no more because it's not productive. Mm-hmm. So I think in the, the two things, I time, well, a few things, electri- electronics, um, timing their day more appropriately so it's if they can, because obviously these people have kids, they'll have family, they'll have businesses, trying to make their time management more optimal in line with them being optimal for themselves. Um, pre-bed, basic, uh, I'll send them, like, try, try this before bed, like 
breathing exercises that I've seen from the internet or Umar showed me or whatnot. Send them that. They'll do that before bed. Sometimes they'll message me and they'll say, I fell asleep whilst I was doing it. And I was just like, mm -hmm. the general consensus that I've been getting back is more awareness could be in place here. And if more, aware, mm -hmm. more awareness is in place, I may not have the answer now. I do this a lot with my clients. They'll sometimes ask me a question and I don't know what the answer is. I'm like, give me 48 hours and mm. I'll get you the answer. I'll find yeah. out. So those are the kind of things that, like simple wins. Simple, yeah. simple wins, basics. And I think mm -hmm. if more people was aware of them, they would be more, it's my favorite word at the minute, they'd be more optimal. Yeah, man, optimal. That's what it's about. Is uh, um, you you probably appreciate following him as well. Um, keep talking about it with Umar, Andrew Huberman, who who Umar likes to call Brian Huberman. <laughs> He's forgetting his name. It's fucking brilliant. But um, he talks a lot about how to optimize your sleep. Yeah, and uh, like circadian rhythms and stuff. Um, and yeah, I think I think you get a lot out of uh, following this guy on Instagram because he basically teaches neuroscience of sleep and neuroscience of focus neuroscience of goals neuroscience of uh, stress and stuff um on through like igtv videos if you haven't uh, if you haven't come across them before mm. so um yeah i'd recommend that man because like so the thing well like one of the things is is um so light is the thing that you're referring to with um mobile phone use and actually is like the big thing is about blue light but it's actually a lot of it is to do with brightness of light so it's not even actually about the blue light. It's about toning down the brightness of brightness of the light. And um, so another thing that is uh, I've, I've started suggesting to clients as well is, is if you're struggling to go to sleep in the hour to two hours before bed, instead of having your overhead lights on, put lights on at a low level, like uh, lamps and stuff, and, um, and also reduce the brightness of those as well. Because it, what's amazing is like, you know, the eyes are basically first and foremost have evolved to tell us about whether it's daylight or nighttime and not even about seeing and so the cells in the eye that um, help you regulate your circadian rhythms and pick up on light are based at the bottom of the eye so they pick up light coming from you know, above so if the lighting above is on and then that basically tells your brain your eyes pick up on that and tells your brain like oh no it's you're supposed to be awake so it doesn't produce um, as much melatonin as it should so it's like like fascinating stuff like that so it's just even little little trick like which i do it all the time and like every single time is just uh i'm in a much better state to go to sleep if uh, overhead lights are off and i've actually got mm. uh, um lighting on that is level with my eyesight or below that's uh, that's another one thanks for that nugget man didn't know that yeah. So interesting you said that, Gwyn, because I listened to the same video and I was like, I'm going to try all this. So I've been, been using these all week. Like, uh, oh, what's that? Can candles. Oh, cool, like, yeah. I just, just had it on my bedside table because I was like, I'm just going to try it. Like, the whole the whole lowering of the light. Mm. I kind of I likened it to like, you know, in the sun, you see a sun cycle in the sky. Yeah. And it kind of gets to gets to its peak and obviously it's, it's 12 o'clock or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it comes down. It's kind of, as, it, as it's lowering on the horizon, I suppose your eyes can see it lowering on the horizon when it disappears. Mm -hmm. Bedtime. So if you can yeah. put that down really low, and then like for instance, if I'm praying or whatever in the evening, and then by the time I finish, I'll just blow the candle out and it's oh, light's gone. It's like it's had mm. that thing from when it's up up here to when it's kind of gradually gone to here, and now it's mm. out. It's like my body's definitely. I've noticed it like the last couple of days when I do that and I stick to that. I stick to that routine. Um, I stick to that routine like with the intent. I think this is a big thing people miss a little bit as well. Is that there's two things. Two things I want to say on this, right? Like. Along, along if, if you had a list of things that are effective 
the top of the list, the 100% conversion rate to you, you reading something and then getting the result is you actually doing it. Not you actually hearing about it, not you actually speaking to somebody about it or reading about it or watching a video about it or or studying it or whatever. It's actually just do the thing. You know, I mean, like like Paul Check says, do the thing to have the power. It's like such a simple quote, but it's like it's 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 so obvious, right? But but sometimes doing it without all the little pieces, you can actually miss. So but but for now, don't even worry about those little pieces. Just just do the thing. That's the hundred percent conversion rate. Did you did you pick your phone up and put it over there and leave it away from you? Well then you PR'd today in in sleep in sleep routine thing, you PR'd just now. You know, I mean that's that's like ring the PR bell for the deadlift. Yeah, ring it for yourself because you because you're gonna sleep well now. That that's as important. That's more important. Like TJ said, it's more important because if you don't sleep well tonight, you're going to mess up tomorrow. And it's like that that cycle continues and all of a sudden, where did the last five years go, right? That's um, that's such a simple thing. But um, yeah, I forgot my other point, but that's that's enough for now. Uh, how, was your, how has your sleep been lately? Because I know you said your sleep's been not that great. It was, it was bad for a whole week because I got behind on my study. I got behind on my study and I had to do it late. And I was literally closing my laptop and getting straight in my bed. This is terrible. Like trying to be like, okay, work, 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 work. Listen to Jordan Shadow talk at 400 miles an hour and then close the laptop and go to sleep. It's like, that's not going to work. It's never going to work. And um, what I do now is like from 9.30 to 10.30, we have um, um, like sundown prayer. Maghrib prayer is 9.30 or roughly 9.30. And then the last prayer of the night is Isha. It's like that can be around about 10.30, close to whatever. Once that, between that, in that window, 9.30, 10.30, I'm not doing nothing. Like I'm literally sitting down. If I'm reading, I've got my blue light blockers on. The candles are on. My lights off. That lights off. My room, my, my living room lights off. Like downstairs is where I kind of spend most of my time. My bedroom is downstairs, so I don't need to go upstairs ever. And um, down here, there's no lights on. So like, while the sun's going down, my lights are going down too. And mm. it's helped to know it. Like I had a whole week where I'm mentioning it on podcasts like this. This group thing told me my my sleep was like twelve percent, eleven percent, seventeen percent. 20% was the highest I got, which is consistently like I'm redlining. I'm waking up in the morning on like a quarter tank and then trying to run the whole day on a quarter tank. I'm going to run out, right? And um, since then, it's been nothing but yellows and greens, which basically is like the higher end of the spectrum. You've got a full tank of gas, go and play the whole day. You're fine. Yeah, yeah amazing. So it's much better. So it's better. Yeah. Much better. Made that correction. Much better, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grin, Grin, how are you? How are you for time, man? Oh yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah, give you another okay. ten minutes. And sound, um, sound. um, was uh, the thing that you? Oh man, you said something there. Yeah, um, like uh, Peterson says it all the time, right? It's like whatever you need to do, do it badly. <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter. You just got to start. So if it's just one thing where you're just putting your phone away, fantastic. You've made a start. You PR'd, like you said, man. That's a great way of putting it. It's like you just you're setting a PR for your day and for yourself. And that's something that you can you can do again. You can feel good about it and then you can build on that and you can build on that and build on that because yeah, it's not about being perfect straight off the bat. It's just about progress and that's progress. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, that that's um you know the TDT I mentioned it earlier, like paralysis by analysis. And like I think we all have that to some degree. Sometimes you think about I'll I'll read up everything there is to be learned, read about sleep. I won't actually do the thing. I will actually kind of do it with intent of like I I want to have this time. Like like we wouldn't we wouldn't miss a meeting with somebody. You wouldn't miss a, a dinner date. You wouldn't miss anything. You wouldn't miss getting out of bed for your for work or if your kids started crying. You wouldn't miss getting up at that. But the thing that actually underpins all of that stuff is your own human being vehicle being maintained to to the top of its to to the best of its ability. Right. So 
give that a bit more intent as well and you you see it kind of filter through the rest of your life as well yeah man it's like there's there's a weird thing there though which i think is um because we have our body for our whole lives mm. it's easy granted it's it's like a it's strange right it's like uh, it's this 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 one thing we only have one of it. We have it for our whole life. We're with it every single day of the week, every single minute, every single second. Like you, you can't, whatever time molecule we want to break it down into, you've got it the whole time. And that's why it's easy to take for granted as well, especially with the environment that we've created for ourselves with our civilization. So you have to actually put a concerted effort into taking care of it. Whereas not so long ago, it wasn't that much of a concerted effort because your environment and what you did on a day-to-day basis was just geared towards it being an optimal condition like mm-hmm. hunter gatherer lifestyle apparently is like you know four or five hours of the day is spent being active and the rest of the time is spent um being chilling so you know they know when to be sympathetic and they know when to be parasympathetic and uh, they organize in the day according to the sunrise and the sunset and you know, they've got community time and all that kind of stuff. And it's just naturally built in because of the constriction constraints of the environment. And whereas we don't have that kind of thing. So we have to learn that circadian rhythm based on, you know, waking up uh, based on the sunrise and the sunset is how we, how our body basically organizes itself. And then it's like, okay, cool. So now we have to actually learn that sleeping isn't for when you're dead. Sleeping will cause you to die 20 years earlier <laughs> so rather you might you might want to prioritize that shit because of the effect that it has on everything else in your life but we have to learn that not because uh, uh be, we have to learn that because of the kind of environment that we've created for ourselves as opposed to it just being a given and uh we have to learn why we do these things now yeah. and so uh, and that's something that is is a, is a new place for us mm-hmm. to think in 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 our history yeah totally agree man totally agree. that's a really interesting point you just made about like your your body being with you your entire life and then mm-hmm. say say nothing goes wrong you don't know how to how to get out of problems you know what i mean you mm-hmm. don't know how to and this is this is like thinking it back to tj and his life has kind of been a bit up and down and up and down and up and down it's like that down is forcing only an up like unless you go down and you stay down and you and you, and you keel over and die or whatever you're only ever going to come up from there right hopefully you only ever learn from that lesson and yeah. and you'll actually be able to move move forward like for instance this week i was sat in the, the dentist chair getting a tooth pulled out that that broke because because of whatever reason like overcrowding in my mouth or whatever and uh, it cracked in in january my cousin's wedding and um i was sat there in the dentist chair like, i'm legit making this thought in my head right i'm like i've i've personally not been aware enough to look after this tooth that's why it's broken right <laughs> And the fact that now I'm in pain because of that is like me telling myself, I need to go through this pain now to learn to look after the rest of these guys. And legit, I had to, I had to sit there and be like, thank you, thank you, Tooth, because you helped me out, right? But now I'm sorry, but you've got to go. And the rest of you guys that are left behind, I'll look after you as well. And legit, I, I had that thought and I just completely relaxed in the chair and the guy went, pluck, and he pulled the tooth out. And I'm like, oh, sick, thanks, man. Like, like you did a really good job. I'm going to go home and look after this as best I can. And <laughs> that's all i can say I'll look after them right it's uh yeah i, I think having that awareness, yeah <laughs> dennis hooked me up man i think i think having that awareness and like kind of just just bringing it back down to that level sometimes helps helps i think fast pace of life and all that shit but but slow some, sometimes you need the reminder to be like fix your shit like that take it away from you a little bit take it away from you so you learn to value that you do have it 
Yeah, exactly. Man. Fix your shit. That's extreme ownership right there as well. I think Lockdown Gay presented that to people a little bit as well. Just like, if you took the hmm. journey, I think. The perspective um, of like, oh. I work, can focus on my own shit hmm. and make, yeah. it, make it better. I think, yeah, rather than being stressed out about it, look at the things that perhaps could have been better for yourself. Hmm. I think, I know me and Uma have definitely applied that to some extent with, uh, hmm. even if we're aware, if, if we was aware of it or we wasn't. So, and another like that tooth analogy, that tooth story that you gave there, Imaj. Pretty good comparison. Mm. Nice, bro. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, the opportunity is there if you want to take it, though, right? It's um, there's plenty of people who haven't who haven't taken the opportunity with uh, regards mm. to current circumstances. But you know, you're ready for it when you're ready for it. I guess. Mm. Mm. Interesting stuff, yeah. guys. Should we, should we call it? Should we call it there? Have we got have we got some questions and stuff, or should we call it there? Yeah, let's call it there, man. That is call it there. Sound. That, was, Sound. Um, that was wicked, man. TJ, some fascinating shit. You got me super pumped up with your Nuffield story as well, man. Just, yeah, uh, just you know, first time I've done this, um, wasn't said to him. How? What do we talk about? What do I say? Because yeah, loads that could be said, but obviously trying to keep it relevant and polite and necessary. Super necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you say what you say, you divulge what you divulge. It's just it's an honest conversation, and there's there's lots to take from it. Whatever comes out. So yeah, I hope my um the the journeys. I mean, I've known Umar's journey. I've done a little bit more of yours today. But yeah, mm. thank you for this. I enjoyed it very much, so guys. Yeah, thank you, man. It was it was a pleasure to chat with you. I think uh, Eric, we're going to do this again for sure. There's there's, there's so much. I think. Because, uh, like, for example, like Umar's, uh, we didn't even get into it today, but he's like, you're one of the most present people and one of the most, like, gracious, uh, gracious people that he knows in terms of expressing gratitude and stuff. And um, and that's just, yeah, that's just something to explore and uh, talk some more about. Some of you, bro, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's weird. It's true, on that, true. that topic, I think, on that topic. I think that's been a big factor for me to be able to consistently have a personal training business. Yeah, man. Like having right. expressing gratitude to workplaces that allowed me to function, that allow my business to function. Um, having clients that have entrusted the processes that I've put in place for them to move forward, and then expressing gratitude alongside all those things. Because mm. uh, I, I haven't been very well on social media. I think I've only had Instagram for about three years. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think being gra being gracious goes a long way. Thanks, bro. Appreciate those words. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, it's, um, again, it's like, you know, in the context of the unregulated background that you talk about and like uh, and like how you've how you've come along from that, it's just so much to learn from it, man. Is uh, so I just I just want to keep talking to you. <laughs> well, you know, we'll do this whenever you want to do it again, we'll do it. Or I'm sure me and Uma might come well asking Uma, let's go to London to train with uh with the guys that he's got there. That'd be a really good kind of experience too. Yeah, awesome, uh, man. Be good to catch yeah. Up there in person. For sure. Like I wanted to chat to you a lot about grappling as well. You know, like your thoughts because you said something about the process and got, yeah, got a lot of thoughts. Uh, I want to explore with you on that one as well. But yeah, we'll save it for another chat. People, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for people tuning in. I really appreciate your time and attention. Are and just <laughs> not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it out and uh, it'll be there for Monday morning. 
man. Is uh, but we should we can go live one day, man. Like uh, fully go live. That'll be jokes. Just mm. see what happens. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, appreciate people tuning in. Uh, tell us what you think of the episode as well. Like you know, give us some comments. Um, uh, any questions based off of the kind of things that we were talking about? We're happy to address them. And uh, how do yeah? How do people? How does anyone find you, TJ? If they want to get in touch, you have a conversation with you. They want to have a conversation. Just uh, it's Instagram. It's eighteen oh three. That's the only social platform I'm on at the minute. Was it at TJ Singh eighteen oh three? Yes, sir. Cool, cool. Nice, man. Any parting thoughts? No, just thank you, and I will see you both soon. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. That was awesome. Speak to you soon, man. In a bit. Bye, bye, bye.